big daddy bit the pot. It's 4400. I'm going to call you. Or else I won't respect myself tomorrow morning. Respect is all you have left in the morning. Left card coming. Check. It hurts, doesn't it? You can't believe what fell. All your dreams. Yes. Pops down the f drain. Your fate is sitting right beside you. That ace could not have helped you. That is all. You're right, the ace didn't help me. I flopped the nut straight. Satisfied now, Teddy? Because I can go on busting you up all night. Yes! Yes! He beats me. Straight up. Pay him. Pay that man his money. That's where you have a cough button. Ew. And it's all and it's it's all lit up and everything too, so I can see it. Fantastic! Gonna be a great day. One of the best we've ever had. Amity, as you know, means friendship. Uh, hello, it's two minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this the month of March, in the year of our Lord two thousand and eight. Thank you for coming along, making it a part of your listening day. Do I seem abnormally tall today? Do I look taller? What is normally tall? No, you still look all of your five eleven. Thanks so much. Everything seems... I think maybe the monitor has been adjusted. Your monitor looks shorter. I think somebody has... I think somebody has... Because the monitor has this, uh, I don't know, weird thing where you can adjust the height of it. And I think somebody has dropped the height of the monitor. It's... For a minute there, I felt like I was about nine feet tall. All right. Well, in any event. Why, uh, hello. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Monday, and welcome to uh, Day 12. Thank you for coming along, making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, Solid Stage Radio, or AM 970, The Big Yap. Uh, anywho, it's uh, 503-733-2970. You'd like to join us today, 503-733-2970, uh, with your comments, questions, clarifications, observations on how to double down on perhaps 10. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by. Oh, man, I got the best thing. Hold on, Richie. Make a note to myself. Richie was just doing the best thing when I walked by his room just now. Uh, Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to uh, pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane, the somewhere in between. Let's go around the room right now. Do pineapples grow on trees? Go. No. Jim? Yes, of course they do. The answer I'm to be revealed later. 
All right. That's okay. <laughs> it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You don't really know, do you? I didn't know either until this weekend. Until this weekend, I had no idea. Well, then I'm sure you didn't see groves of pineapple, you know, pineapples buried in the ground, so I'm assuming they're on trees. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. I'm just saying it wasn't a thing I was prepared to answer. Somebody said, well, where do you think pineapples grow on trees? I don't remember why that statement was uttered by somebody. And then I went, well, uh, uh, and then I just sort of trailed off into nothingness. So you didn't know either? No, no, I didn't. Until a legal alien shoved him in the cans in (laughs) some place in North Portland. That so Jim true, said Jim. yes, they do, and I said no. <laughs> so, okay. Well, you need to tell us. Because... Okay. Well, see, I was made to understand this weekend that they don't grow on trees as such. They grow on low-to-the-ground uh, vines. There they go. They like grow great. They grow on bushes. Yeah, it's not a tree, but it's a it's a shrub. So There's... Tim and I were both right. Today we're all winners, kids. All right, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 733. requires more research. I'm, de- but they, but I'm not happy with this answer. I'm looking at the picture. You want to see a pineapple yeah, yeah. bush? Okay, you know you know what? I don't. <laughs> that, that sounds really. <laughs> is that like seeing a case? I got a bad case of beer nuts. <laughs> pineapple bush goes right next to beer nuts and cotton balls. <laughs> Co- Co- coconuts, tree or bush? I need, I need an ointment. Oh, coconuts are a tree. <laughs> okay, but do you get confused about whether coconuts grow on palm trees? Are coconut trees and palm trees the same thing? I thought no. coconuts grow on palm trees. See, coconuts that's... and coconuts. I understand that, but don't you think that coconuts grow on palm trees, Sarah? Or do you well, just they... think that because of cartoons? Like where you always see like the guy on the island with the palm tree and the coconuts? Yeah, probably. I haven't been to a lot of tropical islands. I've been to Hawaii once, and that's about it. It's good to be back. All right. It's uh, 503-733-2970. You want to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, All right. Before we do uh, before we do anything else here, let me... Oh, I have to tell you this great thing. I just I have to talk about this really quickly today, but because I know he's gonna get this in the mail. Can I see this for a second? Okay. So I, I walk by, and uh, and Richie is he's got like a this a little neck the Netflix sleeve. So if you use Netflix, you know what I'm talking about. It's a little sleeve that you put the movie back in and then you stick it back in the mail and, and mail it back. I walk by Richie's uh, room today just as he's going. Oh man, I look glad I caught that. That'd be a bad mistake. And he had rented a documentary, but he had he was just on the verge of mixing up his DVDs. Uh-oh. Like, did you ever do that where you put, like, whatever, like, you go back to Blockbuster or whatever, and you, some other movie by mistake you take back and you put in the Blockbuster slot, or where you put one movie in one case and the other movie in the other case, and so you've mixed up the cases and the DVDs. So he's returning this documentary, except... What 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 did he put in this by mistake? So this it doesn't matter, but what the documentary is. But he had this documentary rented from Netflix, and in the in the movie case, I walk in just as he was accidentally putting in his copy of Yes, Sluts Illustrated. <laughs> I think we need to be on the different mic. Yeah. Oh yeah. So mic three. Yeah, putting his copy Sluts of Sluts Illustrated. Sluts Illustrated. Is that a Bare ass? Uh, no. Well, yes. Oh, she went, oh. But we're in the studio, so it's okay. Look. Yes. Look we're at it, Sarah. Special time. So, <laughs> is this Lots a... Uh, 
I did that once before at like. Hollywood. I'm sorry. It's Sluts Illustrated, the swim slut issue. <laughs> right there. The swim slut issue. Swim slut issue. Oh God, Richie. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so good you don't want to return it to Netflix by mistake. No. All right. So, uh, why would you have this at work, though? Where I you thought might... it was the other one. I was bringing it here. I was going to mail it off. Okay. So, how did the mix-up happen? Do you suppose this, uh, this was sitting on top of your TV? Uh, or did no. you take one out and put the Had other one in? Has that just recently been used? I was, I was watching the documentary used. late at night, I guess. <laughs> and by documentary, you mean what's <laughs> illustrated? R- Richie doesn't watch movies. He uses them. <laughs> oh, no. Swim slut issue. It's gold. Oh, All right. no. <laughs> oh, I missed this place. All right, there you go. Okay, thank All you. All right, thank you, Richie. Oh, by the way, B-52s, Wednesday? Wednesday. But I have to pre-tape it, right? Shh. Well, that's fine. I'm not going to pretend. I think people will be in on this. Seriously, (laughs) we're not that kind of program. I don't. I'll just be honest about that. We're. we're, I'm pre-taping it. It's because it's Fred Schneider. Yes. All right. It's yeah for Fred Schneider or or Kate Pearson. uh, I would do it. I wouldn't do it if it was like Cindy Wilson or somebody. But uh, Fred Schneider, I'll come in. I'll come in Wednesday and pre-tape Fred Schneider. I got to figure out what to ask him though. Uh, Is it like ten minutes? Five minutes, something like that. Yeah. All right. So I got to figure out what to ask him. All right. Thank you, Richie Burrell. All right, pineapples. That one's done. Whatever. Swim slut issue. I walked by, and it wasn't like done for my benefit. I walked by the room as he was making. He's like, oh, I don't want to put this in there. Uh, all right. Um. Anyway, coming up later on today, uh, CNN radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us. Uh, Jim Roop as well. Uh, Aaron Geek in the city. Duran will. Uh, who has today off? I think he's sleeping it off as we speak. Uh, we all uh, we were in Vegas this weekend, uh, so he is still asleep. He'll be in uh, later on today. Oh yeah, he's gonna come in. Well, at first he wasn't, but then I think he realized he needs to come in to sort of give his side of some things. Uh-oh. I have the worst story, and by worst I mean best. I have the worst Aaron story ever. And there's... did it happen on Saturday night when I missed a drunk call? From yes, him? yes, it did. When he was in the back of the car, I'm gonna call Sarah. Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so Aaron will come in later. Uh, what else? Uh, top five today. Brittany Watch. Uh, big announcement coming up. We'll do that before the end of the segment here. Uh, big announcement. Don't forget. <coughs> Don't forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was sick and the cough has taken a long time to go. It doesn't help, by the way, that I was breathing cigarette smoke for like two and a half days. It, the, breathing wonderful air of the El Cortez. Uh, anyway. Um, what was I saying? Uh, yeah, don't forget, uh, April 1st, which is next Tuesday, the AM970 real-time stream begins. Uh, but if you are a glorious bastard, you get it tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow. Which means that probably, I think, late tonight, you'll get the email telling you about it. Uh, so this is your final chance. Today is your last chance uh, to sign up uh, to be a, a glorious bastard, which means you will get the stream early. That launches tomorrow. You'll get an email about it tonight, but you got to sign up today. Uh, and then the real stream for everybody uh, launches uh, next uh, next Tuesday the first. Let's see uh, what else. Oh, and I got the best gift ever, but I don't even want to talk about it now. I have the best. Somebody thing. gave you the best gift? No, no, no. I, well, it's not the best. I, the thing I bought. I bought the best thing you've ever seen in your life in Vegas, and I brought it with me. It is. It's. It was so great. I was agog at how great it was. Uh, all of that on the way. Here's uh, Tim Riley working in the following stories for your edification. Well, the Iraqi death toll for Americans reaches 4,000. A Florida woman tries to run over her husband 20 times. Now the so-called hip-hop mayor of Detroit is caught up in a sex scandal. A girl car thief, this is a girl, 
cracks up trying to avoid the cops on Highway 26 after stealing a vehicle, just as men would do. <laughs> Among this, Craigslist ad says, come and get it, and crowds to send out an Oregon home to liberate it of everything, including a horse, as the owner arrives home and is powerless to stop it. Nope. That and many more coming up. That and more things of stuff. Yes. Uh, okay. Hi, Sarah. How are you today? Hi. Well, those stories always make me sad. Well, that's the second one. The last one was in Tacoma, right? Yeah. You sort of you sort of expect it in Tacoma. You don't expect it here where civilized people live. All right. How was your weekend? It was fun. You Went be- out and... Um, yeah, met a bunch of, uh, went to a, a party on Friday, and then Saturday went and visited uh, my parents in Bremerton. No Easter Mass for you, though. No Easter Mass for me. I slept in through it. Fantastic. And you then know. I had a big breakfast with my parents, and then got in my car and drove back to Portland. On Easter Sunday, uh, we woke up and we went to the, uh, God, where was it? Like the Binion's, the, the re- one of the restaurants inside Binion's uh, poker room, or whatever. And I think everybody celebrated Easter by drinking Rolling Rock. I don't know. I think I think it was Rolling Rock all around on Sunday morning for everybody. So no Bloody Marys. Rolling I don't know. Rock. I think First it was, thing in the morning. I don't know. I think that might be a. I think that might have been a little bit of a Clyde tribute because Clyde has frequently referred to Rolling Rock as being quote a breakfast beer. Mm. So I think that I'm I, not a big fan of green beers. Yeah, I think that might have been what it was. I was kind of half asleep. I couldn't really. And then and then and then she, I think she did a ceremonial Rolling Rock, and then my wife just. Did what she always did. Went back to drinking uh, white Russians until midnight. So, her uh, the whole goal was to not buy a single drink all weekend, and I think, I think that was achieved. I don't think anybody paid for a drink all weekend long. Uh, so anyway, anyway. Uh, well, I'm not a gambler, so I'm gonna have to carry my vodka around with me. Oh no! Black. I mean, well, the, the thing about Vegas is even if you're not gambling, drinks are still cheap. That's the great thing about it. Uh, the drinks are still dirt cheap. Uh, I mean, if you're gaming, uh, they're free. But, if you, but even if you're not, you know, everything in Vegas is so much cheaper than anywhere else in the world, though, because it's all subsidized by the gambling industry. Mm-hmm. They have this great... When is the last time you went to Vegas? I don't know, like three years ago, maybe? Okay, they got, Four years ago? They, they got the greatest thing. And I don't think you would ever do this, except if you got... Like so many things, Sarah, I don't think you'd ever do this unless you got really drunk. There's a thing that you might do at some point just to be sort of kooky. Um, they sell this drink now. Have you ever seen that drink they sell at the at the Paris? That's a huge Eiffel Tower. Full, so I've always wanted one of those. Full but they're of booze. like eighteen dollars. Yeah, no, it's insane. Yeah. Uh, and there's another one they sell where it basically looks like a big wiffle bat, full of booze. It's it's literally it's like four feet high, and about a baseball bat around, and it's just full of I don't know what it is like a margarita or something. It's something. It's some you know some hooch of some kind. Uh, but they, they've sold a new one now. Where, you know those baseball hats where it's like the baseball cap with like the two beers and the straw that come down? Mm-hmm. Well, if you think that's a little too tacky, like if that's just not your style, they now sell this thing where it is a huge cylinder of booze that I swear to you comes with a straw and a neck strap. And you just wear you, you wear it around your neck. It is so horrible. But oh, great. that sounds so lazy and terrible. But you see, and you're like America, f yeah! Like we, and it was, uh, it was not only Easter, but it was, it was uh, spring break. So just as we predicted, just just frat doucheologists everywhere, 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 all of them with the big tube of booze on a strap around their neck. Oh, and walking around shirtless or like in like light pink polo shirts. Totally, and uh, half of them with cigars. So mm. uh, like bad. And white baseball hats. Exactly. Um, at one point, uh, we were walking by some casino, and there was a big sign that saying like "Inside Beer Pong," and we did we, like we just wanted to see what it was. We're like, well, what the hell is beer pong? And we couldn't, we watched it, said we couldn't quite find it. Aaron said the best thing. Aaron's like, oh, just look for the backward baseball hats, which is completely true. Mm-hmm. And so we went there. Sure enough, there was the beer pong. Um, 
Well, there's too much stuff from Vegas to, to try to get into this segment here. Um, well, give us a little bit. So uh, we stayed in, because it was Aaron's first time there. Uh, it was Aaron and his wife and Laura and I. And so we stayed in Old Vegas, which was, you know, because A, it's cheaper and it's a little less crazy. Uh, but then, of course, we went to this. We wanted to go to the strip. We wanted him to see it. So on Friday, we uh, we got in pretty late. Jesus, though, we got in at, uh, we got in Friday night at 10. And I think Laura and I went to bed at 6, 6 a.m., something like that. Uh, because you just, I mean, as, you know, I'm stating the obvious, but you just lose track of time uh, in Vegas, especially if you're drinking, especially if you're gambling. Uh, and uh, and she's like a, a fiend at the craps table. So uh, by the time she and I were like, what time is it? It was like 5.30, something like that. Mm-hmm. We got to bed. I don't even remember what we did Saturday morning. Um, but I remember that we got up really early. We we couldn't sleep for some reason. Um Anyway, so we spent all Saturday going to the Strip, going to, you know, the, the, the new... Let me just say this. So we went to the Strip. You know what has what wasn't there the last time I went, but is there now, is the Wynn, <clears throat> which is that hotel that we sent the listeners to to see Spam a lot. Oh, the big shiny one? Jesus. And the monorail. And the monorail. monorail. Very convenient. Uh, the monorail is great. I've never mm-hmm. been on that. That Wynn Hotel is stunning. And I'm not just saying that because we sent some people there. It's uh, I don't think they've gone yet. That Wynn Hotel is amazing. I mean, even by Vegas standards. it. Uh, I was sort of skeptical when they said, it's the nicest hotel in the entire country. Uh, I have no doubts. Uh, just having walked through it, wow. I have no doubts. It was jaw-dropping. Um, and, and, the, and the stores inside there, and I'm not a, you know, A, I'm not a guy who goes to casinos and shops a lot, and B, even if I, I'm, it's not like I'm going to go to the Versace store and spend a lot of money, uh, but... Going through there, my wife, uh, who recently went to Italy, uh, going through the Wynn, she actually said several times that the stores in the Wynn Hotel Casino in Vegas were nicer than anything she saw anywhere in Italy. Uh, really? She, she just said, she, yeah, she was blown away by it. But, I mean, it's... Is it Caesar's Palace that has, like, Gucci and all that stuff in it? Too? Yeah, Caesar's Palace. And Caesar's Palace is sort of different because there they embrace the gaudiness. Mm-hmm. And Caesar's Palace is like, we're tacky. Come on in. Uh, but, uh, but the Wynn is all about just the opulence and the luxury. Although, here's the other thing about walking through the wind, where everything is just mind-blowingly expensive. And, of course, and the stores you're passing in the wind, I mean, I know I sound all girly, but as you're walking through the wind, you see it's like the Louis Vuitton thing, store, the Prada store, the Cartier mm-hmm. store, uh, the... Those stores make me nervous. Yeah, I mean, uh, what's it like, the, the Yves Saint Laurent store? Uh, I only know how to pronounce that, by the way, because Steven Tyler uses it in an Aerosmith song. Uh, but... Uh, but you're walking by all these stores, and so here's a game that my wife and I played for a long time. It's daughter or girlfriend. You know, when you see a guy walking by you, and it's a guy, and he's got some girl who's about half his age. Mm-hmm. And you look and you go, daughter or girlfriend? We have uh, we found another one at the win. Daughter, girlfriend, or high-priced hooker. Uh, because there were, there were a couple guys who walked by, uh, like once or twice at the win, a guy would walk by with a girl who was, I, I mean... One of those girls that you really don't think exists outside of a magazine. Just like a weird, like, sculpted out of, like, airbrushing. Well, there are a lot of those girls in Vegas. But, I mean, I, and I, you know, and there's a lot of girls who look like that in Vegas and a lot of girls who, uh, you know, this is, I mean, there's a lot of beautiful women there for a lot of reasons. But there were, there was one girl in particular as we were walking through the wind that was with a guy, a much older guy, and all so... Uh, Perfect that she almost didn't look real. Mm. It was almost off-putting. It was almost. It was almost kind of. She was almost sort of freaky. Uh, and so we immediately like whore. You know, <laughs> we immediately assumed she was a Spitzer girl. So, um, which is a bit like being an it girl. 
<laughs> um, so, uh, a Charlie girl. So we assumed she was a hooker immediately. But anyway, so the win was, was really amazing. Um, let's see. Uh, what else do we have here? I'm glad you're embracing some of the finer things of life. Yes. Usually like, you don't like them. Uh, I price hookers. Um, <laughs> it was, I mean, it, but I will have to tell, I do have to tell you this. So having, we spent almost all of Saturday on the strip. And, uh, you know, we, we went to all the big stuff. I mean, we saw, you know, we, we wanted to see the, you know, the, that cool, the water show thing at the Bellagio. I think that's so cool. It was really cool. And they used some uh, opera song that I recognized but didn't didn't know the name of. And now I get, I'm going to be walking around all day going, na, 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 you know, trying to figure out, like, what the song is. But, but we did that. And we walked through all the big hotels and the Paris and the, uh, Jesus, the whatever. Um, did you eat lots of In-N-Out burgers? Oh, Man, you don't even know. So on uh, Friday we went to In and Out. That was like uh, we hadn't even we went from the rental car place to In and Out to our hotel. Like that was on the way. It was stopping because I brought my GPS with me. And as soon as we got on the rental car, it's like, what are you doing? I'm like In and Out, like tapping it into the GPS. Go. Uh, so we went there. Uh, you don't even. Uh, I can't even fathom how many calories I consumed oh, this weekend. I mean. You walk a lot of them off, though. Oh, Jesus. I, and you have to because you're just, oh, I'm just I'm so fat. It's walking along, just bloating up. Um, and then I also hit Fat Burger. They were having an off day. The Fat Burger wasn't very good. The fries were great. The, the burger itself was kind And it's of in off. that really depressing parking lot. I remember that. Fat Burger? The one on the strip? Yeah, exactly. It's right by, because it's, it's right in like it's a right strip next, mall. It's right next to, yeah, the strip mall yeah. thing. And I remember there was all these, like, sketchy looking characters yeah. hanging out there. And it was just really dirty and yeah. sad. It was too bad. Yeah, it was hard to find a place to park. And then they weren't having a very good day. So, uh, anyway. Um, I, so before we before we break here, because we've got some other stuff to get to, I got all of these notes uh, that I made uh, from from Vegas. Um, so uh, let's see how how else. Um, oh, by the way, here's the other thing at the win. When you walk through the win, at first we thought that we were just walking by a lot of perfumed women, and then we realized at one point the actual air at the Win Hotel is scented, uh, like mm-hmm. the air recycling systems, and it's a non-smoking place, so it's not to cover that. That the air itself is just like scented with with goodness and and you know purity and money, uh, so that was pretty great. So we were staying at the El Cortez, and the El Cortez is sort of the El Cortez is sort of the Mary's Club. It is the my father's place. Was it awesome? Yeah, it's the my father's place. Did it have a furry ceiling and stuff Dude, <laughs> like my you, father's place? It's it is it's so awful. Uh, so we stayed there because we made fun of the El Cortez for so long. We felt like we owed it. To the casino to actually stay there at one point. Like, it had been the butt of so many jokes. And even Roop. Roop's like, where are you staying, man? I'm like, the El Cortez. And he just laughed. Um, so the air conditioning uh, didn't work. Our window wouldn't open. The bed was scratchy. Um, oh! <laughs> here's how bad the... Scratchy? Here's, yeah. And and here's, itchy and scratchy. Exactly. Here's how bad the El Cortez was. At one point, we were gambling at Binion's. And don't get me wrong, I love Binion's. But Binion's is nobody's idea of upscale either. I mean, Binion's is... Binion's is not that many notches above the El Cortez. So we're playing poker at Binion's, and, you know, the dealer, this woman named Raven, uh, she's like, so, where are y'all staying today? And we're like, oh, we're at the El Cortez. And she just kind of stops. She goes, what? And we said the El Cortez. She goes, why? What? Huh. what? Are you broke? <laughs> and uh, she actually said, I'm surprised they don't pay you to stay there. So the El Cortez, apparently it is not just my imagination. It is, in fact, vilified by everybody. Um... I think Aaron and Jen actually paid for a quote deluxe suite at the El Cortez, which was still covered in cigarette burns. So it's uh, mm. it's all class. 
I don't think we'll stay there again, but I am kind of glad we did. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to stay. I'm staying at a flea bag hotel there too. Yeah, it was. I mean, it has a certain charm to it. You know what I mean? Uh, the fact that it's just so like grubby and, and beaten down. Uh, all right. So before I do anything else, let me just and I'll save. I have this great horrifying Aaron story that Tim will especially appreciate, and by appreciate I mean be revolted by. Uh, so we'll get to that. Um, who wants to see? And then Sarah, will you do me a favor and take a picture of what I'm about to show you? And we'll put it on the net. I okay. forgot to. I don't have a camera. I bought uh, the best thing in the history of the world, <clears throat> and it was only twenty dollars. This was a street vendor who sold this to me. I'm just gonna get get you guys' reaction to this. Already ready? Yes. All right. Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is Vegas. That's the biggest shirt I've ever seen okay. in my life. How much is this? The best shirt you've ever seen? It's the best and the All and right. the biggest. Would you please to describe uh, the shirt for people? Tim. <laughs> Well, it would it would fit on a former talk show host back from our Fisher days. It's, it's a so large, big. large shirt. Large, large, large shirt. Is that like a 4XL or something? Yeah, I, I believe it is, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, good, Richie can Richie, get it. Can we get a, uh, get a photograph of this? All right. That is the worst thing careful, I've ever seen. Careful with that light. Do we need to do it during the break? Can you get the glitter? <laughs> do we need to do it in the hallway? That's what makes it. All right, we'll do it in the hallway. It is. It, this is a Barack Obama, uh, presumably a shirt in favor of the the Obama candidacy. It's, Wait, I have to see it again. Can you it's it, the please? worst and best thing. You have to describe it for people. Okay. It's covered in glitter, and it's a picture of Barack Obama from a side angle giving the peace sign, wearing a bejeweled crown with flames in the background and a gold sparkly watch. And he's covered in, like, pimp rings, isn't he? He's wearing, like, shiny pimp rings. Yeah. You've seen this before in, like, those Velvet Elvis paintings? Totally. That's really what it is. It's the Velvet Elvis of the Obama world. Mm-hmm. How great is that? Wow. I saw it on the street. I'm like, sold! I have to buy it. How much did you it. pay for that? What? Uh, Twenty dollars. It's probably one so of the worth, worth every cent. <laughs> we need to tack that up on the wall. Oh no, right that's now. what I told him. I'm like, I can't wear, it, but it's hanging in the studio. <laughs> so, all right, um, we should probably break here. Much as much as I don't want to, uh, just because there's so much stuff to get to. Did you get Aaron's phone message on Saturday? I got part of it, but my in, my phone has been kind of sketchy, and so I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I said, "Hey, I'm drunk. You never pick up." No, it was on the back of back of the car. Uh, just, just uh, d- unbelievably drunk and s- screaming things out the window. Um, in Vegas. <laughs> I mean, really, just, just mind, mind boggling. And is this when he drunk. did the thing that you can't speak about yet? Um, well, I guess I can tell you now. So, if, while Tim is here, so at one point, um, at one point we were on the strip. What? Did you need a tissue? Okay, keep going like that. Oh, I'm sorry. I got like a. I just inhaled some dust. So I think from the shirt. I think I inhaled glitter <laughs> no, from the we, Obama we shirt. No, light. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's so true. light now. Everything <laughs> in the studio is moving. Here, you're coated in dust. Uh, <laughs> Thirty years of it. Oh, gross. It's so itchy. So I'll tell this story and then we'll then we'll break and we'll come back. Uh, so we were walking along the strip on Saturday night. Aaron, uh, unbelievably drunk. Um, and and that's when he has no filter and no control over the no, volume oh, of his dude, voice. Right? You don't even know that guy has no filter under the best of circumstances. But I mean, when he's drunk in Vegas, there's you missed. So he and Lauren at the craps table at one point, and they're they're doing really well. They're up a whole lot of money. Uh, a new uh, you know a new craps dealer comes in, a new stick man or whatever comes to the table, and they, before it had been um, before it had been a black guy. And he, you know, his shift is up. He leaves. New guy, a new uh, new dealer comes to the craft table, and he's a white guy. And 
first roll out of the gate, you know, the, the shooter throws the dice, and I guess it goes bad with snake eyes or whatever they lose, and Aaron at the top of his lungs... It was all going really well till the white devil came to the table. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is, um, uh, let's see. Um, so we're so we're uh, Saturday night walking along the strip in Vegas. Uh, Aaron, unbelievably drunk. Everybody, in fact, but me, unbelievably drunk. Walking uh, into the casino, and there's like a so like a like a like a bad like a uh, brass hand railing, mm-hmm. and it's all kind of grimy and scummy, and. As you're sort of walking up the steps, you feel the handrail, and you're like, "Oh, what, is, uh, what, a, don't dis- touch that. what a disgusting handrail that is!" And 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 Lara actually makes the effort. She goes, "Oh, this handrail feels gross." And and Aaron actually says, "He goes, I'll lick it for twenty dollars." <laughs> oh. And you know what? The twenty dollars came out of Lara's pocket faster than you can say tetanus. <laughs> she she held it up. She's like, "Really?" And he goes. Oh my God! He goes, and then, but then the negotiation started. He's like, "Well, for how long do I have to lick it?" <laughs> and so, I think the deal we eventually arrived at is that for twenty dollars, he would um, he would lick three inches of the handrail, and the deal was that it had to make full tongue contact, like the full top of his tongue, and that he had to I lick. Feel he had to lick three inches of the handrail, which he did. He did without hesitation. And so that was as we were going into the casino. As we are in the casino, we then get to one of those moving, like the people movers, like they have in the airport, where it's like an escalator, but it's like the flat floor. So we're standing on one of the people movers, and the people mover is like forever. It's like 200 yards long. I mean, it just goes on like to the horizon. And so as, uh, and I think this was in... The Bellagio leading to Caesars. So we're on the people mover, and, you know, the people mover has the rubbery handrail, like the escalator has. Mm-hmm. And so we're in, this is after he's licked the railing outside. Aaron looks down, he's like, how much, for me, how much for me to lick this rubbery handrail? And so I forget how much, but I think, and his wife was like, can I film it? And so his wife immediately takes out the camera. And I think for $15, I think he licked a large section of the rubbery handrail in Caesars Palace. Which is great, especially because for the rest of the night it was a lot of, my mouth feels really funny. (laughs) Come on, you're not seeing the humor. Are you just being revolted? I'm so grossed out right now. (laughs) Me too. It was almost time for lunch. It was really fantastic. Uh, And his wife took a photograph of it. It was like before the words were even out of his mouth, Jim's like, I'm filming this. So, kids, behold the joys of alcohol. Uh, there are better ways to make money, Aaron. <laughs> well, I guess that depends on not from my money. Not from my perspective, Sarah. Oh, it's a good life. I really feel sick. I cannot believe he... That's just gross. And I would have paid... I can't wait to hear his explanation. Uh, I would have paid double. <laughs> his, his, the, the best part though is how unbelievably in favor of it Jen was. Well, and people could have like, um, like could have accidentally drunkenly cut their hand on something. They could be smearing blood down that. That's, that's what we told him. We're like, you know, you want to look at seven to ten days is usually the, uh, the manifestation window, Aaron. Mm, so. People's hands have been places they shouldn't have with people <laughs> yeah. that they shouldn't have been touching. <laughs> and I think at, as soon as he made the offer, like apropos of nothing, he just volunteers, "I'll lick this for twenty dollars." Like, so it wasn't even proposed to him. He proposed. To I him. think he volunteered. He's like, "I'll lick," because I think Lara had said, "Like this handrail's gross." Aaron, "I'll lick it for twenty dollars." And he, the phrase wasn't even out of his mouth when his wife, who's you know she's a full-on geek, 
immediately into the purse, taking out her trio and like getting the camera ready, because I, you know, she's been with him Do long enough. Do you have enough. the recording? I don't know that it's video. I think there's certainly stills of it. Okay. Because Jen's been with Aaron long enough. She knows what he's capable of when he's drunk. So I think she carries a camera at all times <laughs> just to be prepared for that eventuality. <laughs> and then for the rest of the evening, he was walking around do, squinting his eyes, kind of doing a... Kind of a... As he put it, there was a little bit of a tang in his mouth for the rest of the night. Ah, oh. Vegas and amusement. Finally, this, Tim, we went to a great place that you've got to see. Oh. The Museum of Atomic Testing. I've it never is, heard of it, that. It's one. new. It's a new museum totally dedicated to all of the atomic testing that happened in Vegas uh, from, I guess, whatever, like 44 up to 92. Uh, it is great. They've got all these old newsreels, old, like, propaganda footage uh, from the Cold War, lots of actual uh, instruments and implementation and uh, sort of photos from all the testing they did out on the, on the Las Vegas plains. Like it's that. really, really amazing. When you get a chance, to, when you go to Vegas next, go see the Museum of, uh, of Atomic Testing. It is really quite is wonderful. That, is that in town or outside of town? Uh, it is just outside of town, but only a couple miles. It's like four miles off the Strip. Uh, so uh, absolutely worth it. It's like ten bucks, uh, but it was it, one of the highlights of the trip. There's no getting no, no getting around it. It was fantastic. Look at that. Look it up. All right, let's take a break. We come back. Lisa Desjardins later on. James Roop. Aaron will be here. Uh, Aaron in his mouth. Uh, let's see. Top five and all this. Say so there's the Rick Aaron. That wasn't Fantastic. me. Did it just stop? It just stopped. <laughs> you saw me. Can we start another? Can we play another bed? Oh, sure. I don't know how to do this without music. Okay. All right. Let's try it. Yeah. All right. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. That was odd. 503-733-2970. 503 Oh, dude, just let me say this one final thing. So, last night before we left... I was doing a final. Oh, you were still there last night. Yeah. We didn't leave until 8.30. We didn't get on the plane until 10.30. We didn't land here until 1. Jeez. So I'm feeling fantastic. <laughs> uh, but I was doing a final, I don't know, 40, 50 minutes, something at the blackjack table before we left. And you know what? I'm a pretty sedate gambler. Like, uh, you know, I don't... The great thing about gambling is that it's... It's, you, it's like gambling is sort of like uh, taking your laptop to Starbucks where you're, you know, alone but with other people. Mm -hmm. And if you want to talk to people or you want to talk to the dealer, you can, but nobody takes any offense if you just sit there with your cards and keep to yourself and whatever. So there I am, and I'm kind of playing blackjack, but right behind me at the table to my, to, to my back is a guy, and this is at the $5 blackjack table. It's not like he's, you know, like a high roller. There's a guy... Uh, who looked like he was straight out of a Larry the Cable Guy like impersonator contest <laughs> and unbelievably drunk and playing blackjack. And every time, like he was there with one of his boys, and every time he would win uh, a blackjack hand, I swear to you, they would do this thing because they were sitting next to each other, and they would turn and they'd go, the, yeah, and they'd do the chest bump. Mm. And it's just it sort of makes you ashamed to be alive and a human and a man and everything. So... All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From the hill, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, and how are you? Hey, guys, how you doing? I'm fantastic. Did you have a satisfying Easter? It, it was highly satisfying. It was delightful. Let me ask you this right now. Uh, where do you fall on the big uh, eat the feet or eat the ears chocolate rabbit question? Go. Ooh, um, uh, 
um, ears. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Ears. And do you prefer, in a strange way, hollow uh, Easter uh, bunnies? Yes. See, isn't there, there's some weird, there is a strange tactile sensation that comes along with having a hollow Easter bunny. Yes. Yes, and the whole and the gnawing at the solid ones, it's just you just get tired of it. That's what I mean. It just it seems like it's it's too much and it somehow loses I don't know what it is. There's a you there get is satisfaction. You can't really just you can't yeah. That's what I'm saying. There is some sort of a, a, a some sort of a weird aesthetic that comes with having the hollow uh, the hollow rabbit, and they always have those weird uh, like sugary eye things. Yeah, right? <laughs> true too. That is true. Oh, they, we have a, a store, a, a little shop near us that was offering like a three foot chocolate bunny, like an enormous chocolate, and and uh, it was actually an, an the whole the solid chocolate bunny. And and I looked at the the bowl that they had for entries on Friday, and they had like three slips of paper. <laughs> really? <laughs> Nobody wanted that much. Funny. <laughs> no, I'll pass. Thanks. <laughs> that's like uh, I was just mentioning late Larry the Cable Guy, but that's for, we somehow uh, were lucky enough to get a bunch of Larry the Cable Guy movie passes to give away a few weeks ago on the on the show, hey. and we repeatedly tried to give them away, and nobody wanted them. Uh, somebody would call up and they'd win a contest and they'd say, hey, thanks, you want some Larry the Cable Guy movie passes. And the guy would no, that's all right, Rick, thanks anyway, click. So <laughs> they literally could not give them away. Uh, by the way, I would like to also say this. So I went to Vegas this weekend, so I've, I've made... Right. I, at a certain point, I quit making notes, but I was taking notes for the first day and a half. Uh, here's an interesting thing. Do you ever catch just part of a conversation and you find it really intriguing, more so than if you'd heard the entire thing? Yes. Here's a quote that I heard in Vegas. I walk by some dudes and they're saying this, quote, and I caught it in mid-sentence, quote, and then she came in and she did the whole presentation, reeking of alcohol. No idea what they were talking about or who they were discussing. No idea. None. Zero. Did it sound like presentations? Were there air quotes around presentation? Uh, no, but they, but these guys uh, both were, as they were doing this, I think they were holding like their Blackberries together, sort of sinking information. <laughs> so they were, you know, it was clearly like some boiler room guys. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, let's see. And uh, I will at some point send you a photo of the greatest T-shirt that has ever been made. I got a uh, Barack Obama T-shirt. I posted it on my blog. Is it there? Is mm -hmm. it on your blog? Yep. So when you get a chance, uh, Lisa, go to uh, Sarah with an H, yep. SarahXVillain.com. I know it. I know it. Okay. Uh, it is. Uh, is it there now, Sarah? Okay. I bought this. Uh, if you go there, you can see this. I saw. I bought this T-shirt in Vegas for twenty dollars, and I have to tell you, it's the best twenty dollars that I've ever spent. Really? I mean. Oh my gosh! Look at this T-shirt. It just came up. How great is that? <laughs> That is fantastic. So we were walking along uh, Fremont Street just outside of Fitzgerald's Casino, and uh, this guy we were with Aaron is like, look at that shirt! And I <laughs> ran over, and I immediately was like, I have to buy this. Um, I, it, I want that, and I, I love that it's the solid black yeah. flames and the crown. And that he's doing uh, sort of this, I don't know, it, it, I don't even know what the hand gesture is that he's doing there. It's sort of a... I can't even tell where his hand is in that shirt. <laughs> his hand is in sort of the upper right. You can tell because it's got a big gold ring on it. Oh, that's his hand. Oh. But he is, it's like he's, it's like he's halfway. <laughs> is that some kind of, like, uh, I don't know, shadow puppet move? I, I was going to say it's like his hand is halfway, like you sort of caught him as he was halfway through that Arsenio woo, woo, woo yeah, that's thing. Sort of like, 
Or it, lo- it looks like he really is making like an alligator on the wall. <laughs> it's uh, there's an even better one. Uh, Richie just took another one of me in the hallway with more light. Uh, uh, but this one maybe I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to remain for really, Was it really? It really is bedazzled. Oh, it is no, and it's it's covered in little tiny sort of bedazzly rhinestone things. Oh my god! And then the shirt is a wash in glitter, which is uh, ill applied and is now covering everything I own. Oh, that's fantastic. Also, the smallest size they had it in was 4X. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. This is launching me into that now, now we actually have this can make people that are tired, exhausted from this campaign season get excited again. We should we should try and I can't, I can't imagine an Obama or Clinton t-shirt that can beat that, but I'm going to look. I'm suggesting Hillary as Cruella de Vil. Oh, geez. The Republicans would buy that. I told my friend, I'm like, you ought to sell that. The Republicans would totally buy it. So this is, I'm going to wear this shirt everywhere I go. That is that is phenomenal. Yeah, it really is. That's the best. My, uh, yeah, the, the, he could have charged me a kidney for the shirt, and I would have bought it. <laughs> uh, anywho. Um, well, actually, speaking oh, speaking of Obama, there's, uh, so there's, I know there's, uh, it seems like there's a little bit of fallout uh, for Bill Richardson over this, uh, the, the endorsement that he gave. A little bit. A little bit. You're talking about James Carville? Yeah, well, there was a call that as only, phrases that only Carville could get away with for a thousand. Like we said, well, he's a Judas, I think is actually the phrase he used. Well, he, he no, he said that uh, he noted that Bill Richardson's endorsement of Barack Obama came very close to the date uh, traditionally when <laughs> Judas turned in Jesus. Really? And he, he noted the proximity, yes, specifically <sighs> of the, uh. you know, the Holy Thursday and uh, Bill Richardson, yeah. So, and Senator Bill Richardson came back and, and said, give me a break. That He said, that's totally typical of the people near Hillary Clinton, and that's the problem. Um, and I know that, that, that for we were actually discussing this last week. These polls are just sort of, I'm not going to say they're unreliable, but it, 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 it really is at a certain point you, you almost have to just quit looking at them. And just sort of wait until until you know until it's April twenty second. Market. It's it's sort of the stock market for uh, people who are not geeky in that way. Well, I had a, I had a friend of mine who worked at, at Microsoft uh, for a while, and he had a little ticker that ran in the corner of his uh, monitor that would show Microsoft stock, literally like in almost real time, just literally throughout the day. And he said that at a certain point, he he just uninstalled that application, and just because he figured he's just like I can't look at it. Uh, because it, from minute to minute, it doesn't really mean anything. It was just giving me agita and it, for no real reason. And I think that's because I saw so the day that Barack Obama is now supposedly back on top if, he, if in fact, he was ever behind Hillary. So it just... Uh, it looks like he was. But, and, again, you're right. These, they are very moving targets. It's very, it's very difficult to say. And all the, all the, you know, what matters next is Pennsylvania. And it, can he close the gap there at all? He, prob- he, 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 he seems to be indicating that he doesn't expect to win in Pennsylvania, but he'd like to close the gap. Uh, and then I guess, it, when when do we start seeing uh, like a serious ground push uh, in in Pennsylvania in terms of, you know, Hillary and Barack both being there, the door-to-door, the pavement pounding? I think for them, they'll be there maybe every day starting, she'll be there every day a week out at least, maybe more. She's starting that. She's starting now. You're seeing her there at least every other day or so. But I think both of them, maybe five days before, because he's really. It depends on how things go. But he's really trying to send the message: Hey, don't don't look over there. Look over there. Huh. You know, I'm in Indiana now, and I'm in Oregon. You know, all of that. I think that's. 
he, he doesn't want too much focus on Pennsylvania, and he doesn't want it to look like he's thrown every – I've been campaigning there two solid weeks, and I didn't make any ground. So he's going to campaign there some, but if things stay the way they are, it's, he's not going to be there as much as she will. It is, what, to what do you ascribe uh, these polls lately that say that as, as Obama and Hillary go back and forth, uh, that McCain continues to just be ascendant over both of them? Um, and I mean, is that, do you suppose, a direct result of fatigue on the Democratic side? I think that's the greatest part of it, yes. I think, I think part, another part of it, though, is that he, he, McCain does have this character stuff that allows him to, you know, when these two are going after each other and look, look like they're, you know, just kind of sluggers, that it sort of lets him fly above it. Now, I think once we get to the general election, it's going to depend a lot on whether Clinton or Obama is the candidate, but I think, McCain does have a does have a very legitimate shot here. Even in this big Democrat, big change type of year, he really is going to try and cast himself as this maverick who doesn't take it, who didn't take any money for uh, from PACs, and who has never put in for an earmark in Congress. I think that stuff helps him a lot. And I think the more he talks about things like global warming, where he's really different than President Bush, he actually uh, acknowledged global warming way before the Bush administration even tried to utter the words even in rejection. So he, he is someone who is, is much more moderate on those kinds of issues, and I think people who might be nervous about either Obama or Clinton, if they keep doing damage to each other, John McCain's going to come in and say, look, I'm not President Bush, and here's why. And people are going to have to judge that for themselves, but he's got some things to point to. Um, it's funny when you say that he has this character stuff. That's sort of like how George, George Bush I had, quote, the vision thing going on. <laughs> I forgot, and you know what? I'd forgotten about that. Yeah. But it's amazing because unlike John Kerry, whose Vietnam record was kind of front and center from, you know, the minute he was in Iowa, John McCain is really keeping that in his back pocket. You know, and of course, they're going to have a decision once they get to their convention. Are they going to play it up the way that John Kerry did? And then, of course, it backfires. He doesn't trade on it, which which I sort of admire. Which I think which I think makes it worth more. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you will, by the way, as we wrap this up, you will appreciate this that on this is how we spent uh, Easter Sunday. So we were in Vegas, uh, my wife and I and a couple of friends. We were in Vegas, and on Easter Sunday, I do believe we were in fact in uh, one of the restaurants at uh, Binion's Horseshoe. Uh, and I, I think there was, I think there were several uh, breakfast libations at the table, although I can't, can't quite remember. Um, but there were several uh, breakfast libations at the table as a spirited discussion was uh, was had regarding uh, Jesus and Judaic law. Oh my uh, goodness! As, as I think wow. someone was pouring like more vodka into their orange juice. <laughs> it was like, no, 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 the Pharisees in the temple. You know. So the only thing I have to add is, uh, you know, it was it's today was the Easter egg roll. At the White House? Yes. And I'm reading, you know, the traditional Easter egg roll story that came out. And at the very bottom of this story from the Associated Press comes, uh, they're talking about Mrs. Bush read these books and Jenna Bush read these books to the kids. And then there's just this little line, Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman and a number of Bush cabinet secretaries were also on hand to read stories. <laughs> Which, and so I'm completely picturing, you know, Troy Aikman next to, like, Elaine Chow. It makes, like, I don't, I have no idea... Why? Like, did, did he call? Did he have nothing to do today? Were they, were, did some planner? What what this Easter egg roll needs is a bunch of cabinet secretaries and Troy Aikman. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's going to be great. Robert Bork and Joe Pesci also in yeah, attendance. Right. Yeah, it, it makes 
it makes no sense at all to me. I don't know. Oh, man. All right. Excellent. Are you on tomorrow? <laughs> yes. Yes. All right. As always, enjoy your afternoon. We will talk to you soon. Okay. You too. Thank you. Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Wonderful. Excellent. Oh. So did you want to guess the exciting guest possibilities oh, so that we might is, have? Now, in addition to the B-52s, Fred Schneider, with whom I will be speaking Wednesday. So did we've been offered somebody else? Yes. Okay. Is this my 20 questions? Yes. And you're really good at this, so you go for it. All right. Hold on. Uh, Richie? Uh, do we have, Richie, we have stuff to give away this week, don't we? We have crap to give away, whatever it might be. And we have uh, uh, extra DVDs or something or other. Because see, what I could do is I could play on behalf uh, of a listener. And then if I get it, they win. Okay. Um, Dan in real life? Really? Okay, sweet. Dan in real life, uh, Rolling Stone calls it uh, hilarious and stuff. Funny, touching. Mm-hmm. Feel good comedy. Really feel good. Own it on uh, HD DVD or something, Blu-ray and high def right now. All right. Uh, so Richie, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take caller five right now, and I will play uh, for caller five. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. And if I am able to correctly uh, suss out or discern the guest uh, who's been offered to us. Uh, in 20 questions or fewer, uh, you will win a copy of Dan in Real Life on DVD. This would be so rad. Really? Okay. Oh, you would be excited, and I think it would be in studio. All right. Okay. We're going to wait I mean, here. this is a legitimate star. All right. By the just while we're waiting here, can I just say this? Uh, it, so as we were uh, taking the, because you know you go to the airport here, PDX, you park your car like in the economy lot, because we're, mm-hmm. we're tightwads, uh, and then you take the bus to the to the terminal. So as we're taking the bus to the terminal... Uh, Laura had the greatest observation where she looked around and she said that really it was an entire bus full of nothing but typical white people. <laughs> I mean, because literally, I think I was of... laughing listening to the recap this morning. I totally oh, forgot fantastic. about it. Oh, and I've, I've made it gender neutral, by the way. So we still have the. Uh... She is a typical white person. But now I've also created one for men. She is a typical white person. Awesome. Oh, that's the science and technology. All right. Uh, I think we've got caller. The next person will be caller five right there, I think. Wait for it. Oh, they're all starting ringing at the same time. Yeah. Line two. All right. I think it is line two. All right. Uh, okay, so line... Whoa, well, hello. Hi, line Sorry, two. Sorry, I had to turn the radio off. Hi, hello, sir. How are you today? Fabulous. How are you? Uh, I am dandy as well. All right. Did you have a satisfying weekend? Uh, yeah, I did. Okay. Now I'm uh, cleaning uh, Peter Carlin's kid's school this week. It is truly the life of kings. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, here's the deal, sir. I'm going to be uh, playing 20 questions with Sarah. If I correctly discern the guest that we have been offered, uh, you will win a copy of Dan in Real Life on DVD. Uh, it was March 4th, but as of now. In stores now. Are you ready, sir? Isn't that a feel-good comedy? It is. It fit, sure it's is. It's a feel-great After I watched it, comedy. I felt really good. Yeah. All right. Fabulous. All right. Thank you. Okay. Hold on, sir. All right. I'm going to put you back on hold. All right. Sarah? Yes. Okay. So keep track of how many questions I've asked. Okay. Okay. Uh, so this is a guest we've been offered, um, and you already gave away it's one person. I think you already actually said that. Yeah. Um, film or, uh, film? Yes. Male? Yes. Action star? No. Hmm. <laughs> From Oregon? No. So no Bruce Campbell. Because uh, I'm always going right to Bruce Campbell. All right. I know. I wish. All right. So it's a it is a a person. A, a one fifth of your questions done. A male film star. 
have, uh, to the best of your knowledge, have we used them or their, one of their films in a show open? To the best of your knowledge. It's been discussed on the show, but I don't feel like we've used it. But we've not ever done it. So, no. How many is that? Five? That's five. Jesus. All right. I'm not very good at this either. Uh, uh, let's see. White, black, or other? Black. Really? Wesley Snipes? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, because you know what we were doing in Vegas all weekend? Always bet on black. Every time we pass past a roulette table. Uh, by the way, the first thing, the very first bet placed in Vegas, uh, we walked into our hotel at the El Cortez. We it's on the way to the room. We passed the roulette table, uh, and Lara's like, "Always bet on black." Bam! Put down ten. Yeah. Awesome. Came back. Uh, all right, that's seven, Rick. All right, a a black film star. He's been in film and television. I'll give film you that. Film and television. Um, is he, uh, has he been on a television program that I watch? I'm sure you've seen it, so, yes. Uh, that's eight? Uh-huh. He's kind of obscure. Kind but of obscure. But you would know, you would know exactly, exactly who it is. And be excited about it. Uh, this is not a question, but when you say obscure, would I know him on site? Or would yes. I know him by name? Yes. You'd know, yes and yes. Okay. Um, mm, mm, uh, on television, comedy or drama? Comedy. Really? Alfonso Ribeiro? No. Okay. Uh, that's ten. <laughs> ten. Oh, I'm choking on the collar here. Um, let's see. Uh, okay. Uh, this is worth like I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't be torturing you if it wasn't worth it. This is worth it. All right. Comedy. Um, from let's see. Uh, comedy from the '90s or later or earlier. In other words, uh, was it in the '90s? No, it's more but more recent than that. 2000. Well, let me see. Let me scroll down. All right, yeah. IMDb. All right. A a black yeah, actor so was... from film and a sitcom in the 2000s? Mhm. That's 11. That's 11 questions. I feel like at this point I have to let the caller help out. Um mm, uh, uh He's not the biggest star ever, but you would know him. Jesus, I, I feel like I've got nothing here. Um, all right, hold on. Let's see if the caller... Caller, do you have additional... We have nine guesses left. Do you have additional questions? Not yet, no. Um, all right. Um, I can tell you one thing and you guess it immediately, okay. but I don't want to do that. Okay, that's fine. Um, film. Recent? Recent film within the last two years? Has he been in any? His most notable film... It was from the early 90s. The early 90s. But he was on a TV show that was uh, successful in the early 2000s. Uh, okay. His most notable film, which you say is in the early his 90s. His most notable film for me. Okay. But your, his most notable film and for you. And I think you, it would be for you. Early well. 90s. Comedy? Yes. Orlando Jones? No, but you're on, you're on the right track. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, Martin Lawrence? No. Damn. Successful comedy show. Successful comedy show, also a comedy film in the early 90s. Black, not from Oregon. Okay, how many questions do I have left? I think seven. I know it's really gripping for the audience, but, yeah. but but you know what? This is exactly the sort of thing that increases TSL. Tim is yawning. Tim's... Tim, do you want to see who it is? Yeah, that'll make it easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, perversely enough, this is one of those things that no one turns tunes out during. Um, do you know who that is, Tim? No. 
Okay. So Tim doesn't know who you it is. You know. How many guesses have I left? Seven. All right. Seven, really? Yeah. Boy, this is going to take forever. <laughs> uh, and then we bring on the mystery guest. With the <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I almost have to give up here. I don't think. All right, should you just give up? Do you yeah. me to tell you who? Uh, I, I give up. I think it's seven. But sadly, that means the caller wins nothing. So, sorry. Sorry, caller. That's all right. All right. I think you can live your life without watching Dan in real life. <laughs> all right. Who is it? Charlie Murphy. Really? Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Oh, Isn't that... Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy, co-writer of Norbit. <laughs> yes, and he was in CB4. Yeah. All right. He played yeah. MC Gusto. Uh, I should have guessed that. Yeah. All right. And he was on the Dave Chappelle show. Wow. That was that would have took a lot out of me. That was really fatiguing. Wouldn't that would that not be interesting? That would be pretty great actually. Charlie Murphy and Fred Schneider and Rick Emerson. And I think he might be in studio as well. Really? How weird would that be? Why would he he be in town? What's he promoting? Um, Charlie Murphy, Let's Loose in Portland. Uh, He exploded onto the scene with his memorable work on Comedy Central's Chappelle show. I think he's doing stand-up at the Baghdad Theater. Well, okay. We love him as he brings his unique stories to the Baghdad Theater. I'm going to ask him nothing but Norbit questions. All right. uh, Tim Riley returns around the corner from the Ministry of Truth. Uh, Later on, James Roop, top five, Aaron Durand. Oh, and I still didn't do the huge announcement. Damn it. When we get back, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. the Rick Emerson radio program. I'm sorry. So I got like three emails in a row that all said the same thing. They said, what the hell? What the hell is the big announcement? I have to use the bathroom. Apparently people are forestalling bladder evacuation uh, so they can hear the special announcement. All right. I will uh, do the announcement here. Then we will join Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth with news. So now it can be told. Uh, so what is today? Today is the, uh, I guess it doesn't really matter what today is. Today is the 24th. Um, so we can now announce that... That... People are going to hate you. <laughs> More. If they don't already. <laughs> Let's go back to playing 20 questions. Uh, we can now announce, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Rick Emerson, uh, listener party 11. Uh, Rick Emerson, listener party number 11, uh, happening Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m., and other details to come. Uh, but that is uh, that is the announcement as it stands today. Rick Emerson, listener party, uh, number 11, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. So be listening for further details. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, it happened in Washington State. It was just a matter of time before it happened in Oregon. Somebody posts a fake Craigslist ad saying, come on out and clean out everything in this house. It happened in the town of Jacksonville, Oregon. I'm not sure where that is. But it can't be next to any place that matters. But anyway, there was a pair of these ads on Craigslist costing an Oregon man much of what he owned. The ads pop up Saturday afternoon saying the owner of a Jacksonville home was forced to leave the area suddenly and his belongings, including his horse... A brief of the take and said, come on, and take everything, including the horse. But, of course, Robert Salisbury has no plans to leave. He was at uh, Immigrant Lake fishing when he got a call from a lady who stopped by his house to claim the horse. On the way home, he stopped the trick loaded down with his own stuff, <laughs> including work ladders, lawnmowers, weed eater. They inform- I informed them that I was the owner, but they refused to give the stuff back. Now, I- they showed me the Craigslist printout and... To- 
and told him that they have every right to do, to do that because it was in Craigslist. Now, what I don't understand is this. Does, did he not have anything locked up? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, that's a, I mean, look, I understand that it, you know you shouldn't be posting an ad saying, like, come take everything I own. Uh-huh. But if, if they're taking, like, his work ladders and his tools and whatever, that sort of implies that they were just kind of laying around to begin with. It, it's, it could have been. In these country towns, people tend to leave their doors unlocked. Don't they? They're simpler people. Well, they're, they're trustworthy. Uh, let's see. Oh, so then he, he goes home and is greeted by close to 30 people rummaging through his barn and front porch. The trespassers all, all had printouts from the Craigslist ad. They tried to brush him off. They honestly thought that because it appeared on the Internet, it is true. <laughs> it boggles the mind. Well, it shouldn't. Uh, Jacksonville Police and Jackson County Sheriff's deputies arrived, but then several cars packed with his uh, property <laughs> were going down the street. They uh, turned some license plate numbers over to the police. Michael easily had seen the ad. They claimed uh, Salisbury's home had been declared abandoned by the Sheriff's Department and was free to a good home. So he, uh, he took the horse. One home, free to good home. It says, I can't stand to see a horse suffer, so I drove out there and got her. The horse didn't look abandoned. She was in good shape for being 32 years old. So uh, the woman leaves a note on Salisbury's door explaining the ad. She then decided to call to make sure the ad was legitimate when the second similar ad appeared. Uh, so uh, anyway, the woman's honesty is being praised because, uh, well, she didn't take the horse after all. Boy, people are dumb. Uh, meanwhile, the homeowner could not relax on his porch swing because somebody took that, too. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. That is awful. It is awful. But, I mean, goddamn people are dumb and evil. Jesus. All right. So, uh, yeah, so this is going to make national news, of course. Yeah, really. I mean, well, and that's... Somebody beeping the horn waving as they're taking off of your property. <laughs> I've got your television! Honk! <laughs> the, uh, a couple of those, uh, though, I mean, that's the second one. If a couple of more of those happen, that's going to be a, a real black eye for Craigslist. I mean, that's that is that's one of those things that if it happens once more, the media will get a hold of that, and that'll be that'll be the drumbeat uh, against Craigslist that the mainstream media really has been looking for. Because Craigslist has been drinking everybody's milkshake for so long now, uh, because even nobody's placing like nickel ads or want ads or whatever anymore in the, in the print media, uh, because Craigslist is free and blah 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 blah. So. Yeah, but if, they, if that continues to happen, that'll you'll see a you'll see a hole. Has Craigslist has Craigslist got to be stopped? And it'll be because of that. Oh, here's another weird story. So this guy finds his bobcat hit by the side of the road, and like any good Samaritan, he puts the injured bobcat in his car. I'm gonna buy a car, and, and tries to take it to uh, a wildlife center where they can bring it back. Uh huh. Well, much of his chagrin, the bobcat wakes up in the back seat of his car. <laughs> Snarling and hungry. Now, a regular, for, for any of you familiar with cats, you do not take a cat outside of a cat box and put it in your. It just goes crazy in the car. It's not like a dog. Cats are not like dogs. And bobcats in any way. Bobcats are not like cats. Either. No, and they're much more moodier than a regular cat. So anyway, uh, he kept his wits about him. Yeah. Was very calm and managed to go to the Chittimini Wildlife Center. Where they uh, they patch up the bobcat, but they were ready to let it back in the wild today. But they noticed the bobcat had found a hole in the chain link fence and let itself out. <laughs> so he healed up quickly. And uh, the Corvallis man who rescued the bobcat, uh, finally getting conscious in the middle of the highway, is, is happy it's gone. Especially not in the back of his car. That's fantastic. Excellent. I'm going to get in your car! Uh, Richie, I just printed a news story. Uh, would you uh, get that off Becca's uh, printer? And uh, bring that, it'd be fantastic. 
Uh, this guy says, hey, about the Craigslist thing, I love the idea that the guy is confronted with the actual owner, thought that a Craigslist ad trumped his assertion of ownership, and in fact, the title to his house. Oh, boy, people really are just... Uh... Just one big. People are horrible. People it's like, are... oh, look, I have this printout from Craigslist, which means I can rob me blind. Have, I have this like, I have this ill-formatted Word document. This lets me take everything you own. Okay, uh, let's see. What are we? Uh, what are we doing? We're all dying. Oh, in everybody here. for a minute. Richie should not have moved that. Light. No, you know why? He moved the light, and so as you noted, like 45 years worth of dust and skin yeah, flakes so have just I, fallen. I can no longer speak, so I'll be back in a minute. That's fine. Uh, we will. Uh, yeah, you just uh, take all the time you need. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Who this? This is Jim. I got a question for you. Yeah. Where do I go on Craigslist to find free stuff? I mean, I'm actually looking I, I, on free stuff right now. Let's do that right now. It has I mean, some... how, would you, how would you do that? I mean, hey, I need a free pony. I need a free TV. No, look at all. Okay, so free. Hold on. Three what? free couches. Uh-huh. Candle holders free. Bowling ball bag and shoes. Ooh. I'm guaranteeing you by the end of the month, that free stuff listing on Craigslist uh, will come with some, like, heavy-duty uh, disclaimer. Okay. Well, there's there's going to be a whole lot of, like, if you... Because, you know, Craigslist, they track all the IP addresses. Like, they'll presumably be able to find out... Thank you, Richie. Uh, they'll be able to find out who posted the ad about come take the house. Oh, okay. So, they, I mean, they can... Oh, that's tra- true. They can't post anything without... No, they track your IP address. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can mask it, but it's not easy. Yeah. Uh, so they'll well, find... Under, let's see. Free stuff. Where's free stuff? Just under uh, services, I think, and then free. Free. All right. Uh, yes? One other thing. Uh, of course you were drinking Rolling Rock on Easter. You're Catholic, right? Rolling rock. <laughs> and then I rolled the rock away and into my stomach. All right. Thank you. Right. Bye. I hadn't really thought Free about sawdust. <laughs> Free sawdust. Free di- large bag of teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> wow, really? <laughs> yeah. I have a big black trash bag full of teddy bears that we don't have room my for. My daughter must be punished. <laughs> <laughs> we can meet at Costco to hand them over, but you must be serious about picking them up. Sexy. <sighs> Hey, free frame. Listen, look at this one. Free framed James Bond poster. I'm looking at that right now. There's a picture too. Okay, we got to be careful. This is going to take the entire. It's going to take the entire show. Um, okay, and one more. Oh, box of toddler toys. I know the baby. There's a bad story behind that one. That's like, have I told you that uh, that thing about Ernest yeah. Hemingway? Yeah. So that's very good though, because it's creepy. Ernest Hemingway. Um, entered a contest one time where there was a contest to national writers to write a six-word story. Um, uh, and the deal was you could only use six words to tell the entire story. And Hemingway's was, um, for sale, baby shoes, never used. And he said it was his finest work, by the way. Here's Tim Riley. How's your nose? Now I'm all clogged up, but I'll make it to the day. All right, I got Claritin if you want it. Oh, oh no. I would love some. No. Claritin for all. No. Okay. If I wasn't writing the max, <laughs> they'd have to stay alert. Oh, no. Take no, Claritin, Claritin is non-drowsy. You alert. No, Claritin is non-drowsy. Mm, I might think about You'll be later. very peppy. Let me assure you of that. You'll be all kinds of... Claritin's fun. You'll be very awake. <laughs> yeah, it's not Benadryl. It is uh, it is the anti-Benadryl. Well, I'll give it a few more minutes and let some of the... Claritin's what they outlawed in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds good. All right. Well, now girls are stealing cars. A 17-year-old girl led officers out of chase of the stolen car before rolling the darn thing on a Beaverton highway. This happened early Sunday morning. Uh, Patricia Johnson of Portland was taken to Providence St. Vincent Medical Center where treatment of injuries described as non-threatening. Then she was sent to the Oregon Youth Authority. Uh, somebody reported the theft of a red Acura from an Aloha home at 9 o'clock not long after that. Sheriff's deputy spotted it heading east on Highway 26. And they started following it. Several of the deputies joined in 
As the car was heading through the Cedar Hills area, after confirming it was stolen, deputies tried in vain to pull it over. Then it sped north on Highway 217, but lost control of the on-ramp eastbound to Highway 26 and flipped. Came to rest upside down on the on-ramp. Uh, driving out of the car to get it into custody once again. She's a girl. And she's charged with several things. Uh, prosecutors are reviewing the death of a 15-month-old girl. A medical examiner said could have been saved if she was treated with antibiotics. Apparently, this girl belonged to a church, Oregon City's Followers of Christ, a fundamentalist Christian denomination, and they face charges of failing to seek medical attention. Apparently, this uh, church does not believe in medicine. Uh, And apparently, there are laws called Oregon Spiritual Healing Defense. It's used in some cases of second-degree manslaughter, first and second, so we'll see what happens. The Followers of Christ came to Oregon early in the 20th century. According to church tradition, when members become ill... Fellow worshippers pray and anoint them with oil. Well, apparently it doesn't work. Or maybe they need a different brand of oil. Uh, a stabbing turned into an all-night standoff at a North Portland crazy house. At 2.18 a.m., they got a call from Cascadia Behavioral Health. It's a mental health group home. At 9126 North Chase Street, when they arrived, they found 51-year-old Robert Guild with a parent stab wound to his torso. He was transported to Emanuel with serious but not life-threatening wounds. But the episode was far from over. The stabber, who's identified as 46-year-old Todd Massey, locked himself into a bathroom and refused to come out. So it took them several hours, a hostage negotiating team. They continued to talk him all of it. Then the CERT team went into action. They shot chemical rounds into the bathroom to force him out. But the chemicals had little effect. It refused to budge. So then the CERT officers burst into the bathroom, tasered him, and took him away. Fantastic. Stabber. I barely knew her. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, good afternoon, Rick. Hey, I don't know. So I, I post stuff on Craigslist quite frequently, and I actually have a motorcycle posted right now. And I get these people emailing me saying, I'll have a shipping company come pick up the motorcycle. I just need your full name, your full address, and your phone number so I know who to make the checkout to. So if you could just uh, please contact so-and-so shipping company. I don't understand. I get this all the time. I, I, don't under- I don't understand. I'm not sure. What do you mean? Well, like. They'll, call, they'll email me saying right. that they're from Nigeria, saying that they really want my bike and they're willing to pay me $2,000 more than what I'm asking for. Right. If, if I agree to give them all of my full information so they know who to make the cashier's check to. But, I mean, it, it, when you say information, I mean, like they want your bank account number or something? They want my full name, my full address, my social, my bank account number, everything they can possibly. <laughs> and, and, they blat- and they blatantly ask. They don't try to sugarcoat it or hide it. They say, no, we full name, your full address, uh, which bank you bank with, uh, uh, account number, routing number, the whole nine. Don't you figure that's kind of a uh, – that is kind of a numbers game, though, where that's some guy, uh, you know, wherever, in Nigeria or Belgium or someplace, and his whole, that's his whole day. Like, that's his nine-to-five job is answering Craigslist ads uh, with that information because he figures – you know, like you know, one guy per day uh, responds with, "Okay, here you go. Here's that information you asked for, Mister Nigerian guy." Uh, then, you know, then like, then he can take the rest of the week off. Yeah. Well, I had an email yesterday from somebody. My bike is posted for, for eight grand. He writes me saying, "I really love your bike. I'm very interested. I can only spend two hundred dollars." Well, so I I, I wrote back. How about you throw in an extra twenty five dollars and I'll sign over both my cars too. It is the American way. One must try to haggle, sir. All right. He he tried. He tried. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth.
So the Justice Department moments ago approved Sirius Radio's $5 billion buyout of rival XM Radio. Lines are forming around the block for people who want to pay to listen to the radio. <laughs> XM is being sold. Seriously. <laughs> pay hundreds of dollars for the equipment and then be charged a monthly rate. I'd like something that I can get for free, except I want to have to pay for it. Where can I go for that? Jesus. Certainly not XM or Sirius Satellite. No, no. But you know what people are lining up for? And this is the great American success story nobody's talking about. Those... Uh, those movie machines are in every supermarket now, and every time I go to the supermarket, there are lines of people waiting for those dollar movies. At uh, Safeway. Uh, you walk at Safeway, Fred Meyer, Albertsons, everywhere. It's a great idea. It really is. Yeah. A movie machine? It's, a a, movie it's, machine. A, it's like an ATM, but it dispenses DVDs. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never seen they that. They have it at Safeway. Uh, Safeway on Hopper? Safeway and Powell. Okay. Uh, yeah, you go with it. Maybe the other one, but you go to the Safeway and Powell. Is you walk in the front and there's that whatever the Sugarloaf Crane thing for idiots where you you know it's like apparently there are enough idiots to keep those things in business. Win, win a plushy Rasputin doll. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that and then there's the uh, then there's the other one for the you know for the more upscale crane uh, crane user uh, that's like just bad jewelry. But then right next to that it's a big. In fact, isn't the company called Redbox Video? Yeah, I think so. It is a big. It looks like a big red ATM, uh, but there's like a, a little display screen on the front. Like, have you ever used one of those ATMs at 7-Eleven that's got the weird fancy screen that shows you a bunch of crap? Mm-mm. Whatever. It's basically a big red ATM. But the deal is it has a bunch of movies inside. And you scroll through, and you find the movie you want, and you put a buck in, and it kicks the DVD out. And then the deal is you just got to come back within, like, three days or whatever and put the DVD back in there. And it sucks it back in. Yeah, it sucks it back in. It really, it really is an ATM, but it does DVDs. Uh, weird. And it's, it's a great idea. Does it have some good movies? Mostly new ones. Yeah, I mean, it's, okay. it's like, you know, the like the just-released shelf at Blockbuster, basically. I mean, it's, you know, it's for... It's, it's a buck. It is for the average American. Yeah, uh, yeah you're not going to find... You think like, I might be able to find a copy of Norbit? I've got a copy of Norbit if you oh, really want it. Good Lord. Uh, but you, the great thing about that is you know that it must be all profit, because those machines, once you've made the machine, it's got to cost a minimal amount of money to, you know, to, to keep up to speed and, and, you know, to refurbish it or whatever. And people can't shake it and knock the lights off and, and have DVDs fall out of it, or can they? Or can well, they? Well, we haven't tried, Tim. Never say never. This is a country of can-do people. Jim and I will be back. we got to leave for a while. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, wait. We've got a Craigslist thing and a large That, that should be some sort of uh, competition at the listener party. <laughs> Bending machine shaking. <laughs> uh... Hello, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? What's up? Uh, so I was riding in the uh, car with my stepfather, who's trying to convince me that the right way of the world is to be like Lars. Of course. Not. And uh, I, I was sitting in the car with him, and Lars is really, you know, he's talking about being a man's man. And he used that he used that man's man statement three or four times, and I just started laughing at the point of tears, because all I can think about is Tobias talking about being a man's man. And <laughs> my my, my uh, stepdad just totally unaware that I'm, you know, of, of, of what's so funny. and uh, I've but, heard uh, that about Lars. I've heard that Lars is a man's man. He is a man's man, indeed. If you know what I mean. <laughs> indeed, Rick. Thank okay. you so much, man. Thank you. Okay, that's, by the way, starting today. That's the new go-to line about Lars. He's a man's man, if you know what I mean. There you go. Everybody, that is your mission. I order, I order you now to begin referring to Lars as, quote, a man's man, ellipsis, if you know what I mean. There you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh-oh. Time for Tanya Watch. Oh, but you know what's so great is I just printed that for you. Oh. Great it's... minds, Tim Riley. You betcha. Simpatico. Fantastic. Fresh, 
So neighbors in the southwest Washington neighborhood called police yesterday morning after hearing gunfire around the home of Tanya Harding. Hard to believe. Clark County Deputy Tim Biber says some of the neighbors complained about the sound of shots in the area near Harding's home <laughs> at around 10 a.m. So now we know exactly where she lives. But officers said the area is a popular place to target practice. She is a typical white person. Tenants nearby have called police to complain in the past, according to deputies. Biber said Harding has the right to shoot on her property, and that <laughs> all is well. So, uh, oh, uh, recently, Tanya and Nancy the Rock Opera debuted at a theater in Portland. By the way, okay, now see, I've actually thrown the Tanya story away. And there's more to it. Really? Is there? No, I'm, I'm asking if there's no, more there's to it. No, there's a great, do you ever see, like, the, uh, the cool juxtaposition of banner ad next to story? Yes. What does it say? Uh, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm fishing. I'm fishing the story back out real quickly. Gross after the weekend? No, no, no. It's empty. There's nothing. It can't okay. be. It can't be any grosser than that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get Aaron to lick it. Next. To lick the garbage. Can. Oh. So right here it says. Um, no. Uh, Tanya says, uh, she says, I'm a redneck girl. I live in the middle of nowhere. I cut wood, drink beer, work on cars. That's who I am. And then right next to the story, it's a big ad for. Free bleaching of yellow teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. There you go. There's your Tanya watch. Yeah, I like my women just little on the trash side. When they wear their clothes and their hair is dyed. Too much lipstick and I'm too much rouge. Gets me excited, leaves me feeling confused. And I like my women just little on the trash Richie brought me some pushpins. I'm going to hang up this Obama T-shirt. It's the best thing ever. Where are you uh, going to hang it? Are you going to behind you? I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't take the Harry Potter thing down. You yeah, can put it right back nerd. there. Maybe I'll move the Harry Potter thing to the left and put it right there. Or you can put the Harry Potter thing under the TV. Oh, I like your style. That's what I'm going to do. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, is this the Buy, Sell, or Trade Show? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is, sir. I've got a complete box set of Jeff Foxworthy DVDs Dude, can I... in the shrink wrap. And I'm willing to meet somebody in the Winco parking lot to drop that off. We'll trade for small baby. Uh, can I tell you this? So I was at the uh, at the airport. Uh, I guess it was PDX waiting to fly to Vegas, and I saw. God, what was the show? I saw the Jeff Foxworthy being interviewed somewhere. Jeff Foxworthy was being he was one of those you know like one of those Donnie Deutsch type shows. Uh, but anyway, so Jeff Foxworthy was being interviewed on some network show, and they put this little. Do you ever see a fact that you, you you somehow know must be true, but you just can't accept that it's true? So they show Jeff Foxworthy on the screen, and they're you know they're doing a little thing of like flashing the fun facts beneath him. You know, has been married for 22 years, has three daughters and a dog named Tex or whatever. And as Foxworthy is being interviewed, one of the little fun facts comes up, and it says, "This is on Friday. I saw this. It says Foxworthy is biggest selling recorded comedy star of all time." Which which I mean. Just makes you filled with like anger and fail and shame. That's very sad. It is. All right, thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right, let's do one more and we'll take a uh, break here. Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a, here's a story for gals in their twenties. Sarah. That's me. All right. And any others who might be listening, J.K. Rowley said she contemplated suicide after she suffered from depression before her rise to success. Sarah. <laughs> she had plenty of suicidal thoughts in her 20s when she was struggling to establish herself. 
Yes, circumstances were poor, and I really was plummeted. Uh, we're talking suicidal thoughts. Yes, I was more than a bit miserable, but now she's lived, and she's 42. And that's one to grow on. What happened to her 30s? I was just going to say, so Sarah, you may so be... I went from my mid-20s to 40s. You may be depressed and suicidal, but you'll be in your 40s someday. So you got that write a series well, well, 30s gives you a, a little bit more acceptance, but still things aren't as good as they could be. <laughs> I hate it when really successful people talk about how they were sad and uh-huh. contemplating suicide. I really struggled for a long time. She says while well, lighting a $100 bill and sitting on a pile of cash. Jesus. All right. Uh, shall we take a break? Yes. Let's take a break. We'll come back with more entertainment. Uh, Tim Riley returns around the corner later on. Jim Roop, Aaron Duran, uh, Top 5, and so forth. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Go nowhere. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, coming up later on, we have uh, radio correspondent uh, James Roop from Los Angeles. Uh, what else? Aaron Duran will be here and uh, other things. Uh, we have just announced, or we announced a while back, uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11, uh, happening Thursday, May 15th at 8 p.m. So be listening for further details on that. Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. This is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Sarah Sillen just had a celebrity sighting. Or whatever. Did you? Oh my, yeah, my friend Kiki did. Just, uh, just now? No, when she was in California. She just got back from California. She's like, so I had a random celebrity sighting. Angela Lansbury. Who oh. even knew that she was still alive? Oh, I love her. She's so classy. No, she was great. I mean, and picture Dorian Gray. She was fabulous. And the Manchurian candidate. Oh, yeah, that's well. it. Yeah. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, what's new in Yakima, you ask? <laughs> Well, remember the story of uh, Flint, Michigan, when people were selling rabbits and rats and things? That's for pet- Well, the big thing going on in uh, Yakima is backyard brawling. Yes, it's friendly banter. It's the blood pouring down nasty Rob's face and clogging his nose. Blood is dip- dripping <laughs> into the grass and the rock wa- the walkway. Uh, blood is stapling his breath to the point he has to quit. It's all about the blood. It's taking it's place in a dusty lawn outside Yakima. I don't understand. What, who's Dirty Rob? A horrible bedtime story of some kind? Oh, yeah. A book before bedtime on BBC, too. <laughs> Rob can barely breathe. You see, Nasty Rob and his neighbors are brawling. And not just for fun. It'll join one of 22,000 videos of backyard and street brawls across the world. As a matter of fact, it's becoming so popular that CBS is starting a reality show in prime time on backyard brawls next season. Really? Yes. Okay. It's a Tiffany network, after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for now, uh, the most popular ones outside of Yakima are in the town of Sila. They, they always have two fighters, a cameraman, and a few friends. And everyone jumps into cars and follows each other around. But they're not given their full names. It's a, a narrow secrecy. Uh, so, all these fights are posted on YouTube, and you've got to find them yourself. But that, that is the latest thing in Yakima. I'm, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really confused about this. So, it is, it's just two guys in a backyard punching each other. Yes. <laughs> They are they are a cultured people in it's Yakima. Like boy fight. <laughs> Seriously. Exactly. That's yeah. They uh, I guess they have to do something when it's not apple season. It's the thud and the deep hollow sound of 450 pounds in two bodies hitting a dead lawn. Okay. <laughs> Wait, dead bodies? I don't I don't I don't know. 
I, he lost me at the bottom. A blood. body's hitting a dead lawn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not dead bodies hitting he, a lawn? No, not yet. But it's coming. I was lost at Rob's nose being clogged with blood. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Rob says he doesn't like his 9 to 5 job. Okay. So no. they decided to do some backyard brawling oh, in Yakima. By the way, speaking of things that are unpleasant, here's another thing. Here's the thing Aaron said uh, at 9.55 p.m. on Saturday when we were wandering uh, the Strip in Vegas. And Aaron was really drunk, and I don't know why he said this, but this is the phrase that came out, out of Aaron's mouth. And I'll guarantee you, he's the only person in history ever to have said this phrase. As we were walking along, Aaron goes, he turns to me and he goes, When you get home, I demand that you Google Louis Anderson and sex. I don't, oh. <laughs> I don't know why. No. Are you doing it right now? I totally will. Okay. He just said that no, to wait. me. I demand. When you get home, I demand that you Google Louis Anderson and sex. So, done and done. All right. There you go. That was 9.55 on Friday in Las Vegas. Uh, I think that was between the rail licking and the uh, the rubbery hand licking thing. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, all right. I we should know. have him lick the handles in here. Lick the handles. <laughs> <laughs> Lick the handle. Lick between, the handle. From the hallway. <laughs> lick the handle. No, okay. Um, lick the handle from the hallway to the kitchen. All right, he's going to demand money for that. I don't have well, that at one point, I, At one point... I'll give him this roll of toilet paper. At one point, he was so into licking things for money. Hello. Uh, at one point, he was so into licking things for money that I was actually just going to hand him, like, like one of the, like one of the nasty-ass, like, blackjack, blackjack chips. Just so, like, if you, lick the, if you put the chip in your mouth and swish it around, you can keep it. You know it would be the grossest <laughs> thing ever? If you know. had him lick money. Like, have him lick a dollar bill. Well, that's, but that's what a blackjack chip is, basically. I mean, a blackjack chip has been handled by, like, 50,000 drunk, grubby gamblers. Bill. No, that's true. That's true. It's not as it doesn't have the uh, it doesn't have the soft papery surface that absorbs uh, sweat and grease. So, uh, yeah, we'll think on it. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So uh, I've looked at some pictures, and he definitely looks like a pimp. The current mayor, Kwame Kilpatrick, says he's not surprised by the actions of Wayne County Prosecutor Kim Worthy, but he expects to be fully exonerated after he goes on trial. He faces an eight-count indictment relating to a steamy text messaging scandal. He said he's ready to go to court as of today. In the meantime, he'll uh, focus on the budget. Apparently, he had a few indiscretions in Detroit. Well, this is another guy, though, who's getting it on on the, on the taxpayer's dime, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so not only were the taxpayers sort of passively uh, paying for him to get his uh, groove on, as they say, uh, but, uh, but then he was, <laughs> I think he was deposed about it, and he lied under oath. Yeah. So don't lie under oath, kids. That's where you always get into trouble. Also, I've noticed that Drudge... Are you? If you're talking about the same picture I am, yeah. Drudge is so great the way that he sort of just passively lays things in to uh, to sort of uh, taint the story a little bit. Mm-hmm. So this guy is being hit for for having sex on the on the taxpayer dime, and the photo they show is him and some I don't know if it's his wife or whoever, but some hot girl, mm-hmm. and it's like and it, and he's like in a full on uh, like the three piece suit with then with the hat that's like tilted at a rakish angle. Mm-hmm. You know, he really does look like a, like he's into the player's ball. There's uh, no getting around that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How you doing? What's up? Um, well, on Saturday, I saw a picture that uh, Aaron's wife took of you and the Obama shirt on the, on the interwebs. Is that true? Yes, it is. Because um, I have a you know, Flickr account, a photo Flickr. sharing site. Yeah. Flickr. Yeah. And um, I refreshed my homepage, and it shows at the bottom, it shows everyone's photos at, who uploaded a photo at that exact moment. 
I look and I see it, and I see a little thin thumbnail. I'm like, that looks like Rick. Really? And put, yeah. And I click on it, and it was you with the very proud look on your face. And what the are Obama the shirt. Jesus? What are the odds of that? Because Flickr, there's like 50 billion people that use that site. There's about a thousand photos uploaded every minute. And yet you you hit refresh. As luck would have it, one of them was actually of me. Yes, of you holding your Rick shirt, it was uh, or the Obama shirt, and you had a very proud look on that's your face. That's pretty amazing. If you know anything about Flickr, that is actually really amazing because that's like if you go to Blogger or something, where <laughs> pardon me, it shows blogs that have just been updated, and it's like again, like 14 million people or something use Blogger, and at any moment there's like 500 new blogs posted, and they pick like three to show you, or like. Sarah, remember when somebody stole your MySpace identity? That's exactly what I was going to say. Sarah had her MySpace identity stolen at one point where somebody used a photograph of her, and the way she found out about it is that it was one of those, you know, who's, you know, who's a hot... new people. Yeah, hot new people at MySpace, and it was some girl using Sarah's photograph, and the odds of that are literally something like one in 25 million that it would show up on the front page. That's how strange it is that my picture would have been on the front page of uh, Flickr this weekend. That's pretty great, actually. Yeah, it was really interesting, and I'd love to comment on it. Okay, so. excellent. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, Flickr.com slash PDX503. All right, thank you. There uh, you go. Bye. Excellent. Barack Obama! Here's Tim Riley. So, uh, New Mexico Governor Bill Richardson says Hillary Clinton's advisor, James Carville's comment comparing him to Judas is uncalled for. All Wave devices that can play files in the current format are not used. Please wait till a Wave device is free, then try again. Oh, wait. How long am I supposed to wait? Barack Obama! All right, well, nothing will still play. Did that give you enough time? No, it didn't. I can find something else. Who so, wants to hear a promo where Sarah's talking about whores? I do. Okay. Like, it'll give me time to reload this. Remember part. how that guy called and he said that his mother-in-law was in the car and mm-hmm. they, they turned on just as we were talking about uh, whores because of the Spitzer hooker? Mm-hmm. So... That's what this hasn't been loaded in. Buzz just put this. Uh, Buzz is the guy who does most of our promos and most of our imaging, as they say. Uh, so he just did this promo. We haven't loaded it in yet, so we just got this. If you haven't heard this is a, a new promo lately, you haven't heard. This. We just did got this one. Hello, Craigslist. Is there any industry it can't destroy? First, it's destroying newspapers. Now yes. it's destroying the moving industry. Whores will be next, no doubt. I mean, the, well, you can't find them on Craigslist. Whores? Yes. Do tell. We that must happened. look for whores on Craigslist right now. Everybody, stop let's, what you're doing. Let's go to Craigslist. Open up the windows and shout out. Every- we're in our secret box. <laughs> Bring me the whores. We can look up whores while we're in the studio, right? Sure you can. It's business. And it's fun. Where do you find whores? <laughs> on Craigslist. I know, but I'm looking at... Or on Sandy Boulevard. Did you just type in whores? <laughs> I will. I don't know. Where does, where does one find whores? Nothing found for whores. Well, probably... No, How about know. romantic casual encounters? Miscellaneous romance? Is that miscellaneous romance? I or? am over 18. Is that her name? <laughs> What's your name? Miss Miss what? Miscellaneous romance. <laughs> so there you go. That's the, uh, there's a new promo that we've been playing. My thing still isn't working, so I'm going to have to reload my whole computer here. All right. It just brings everything to a standstill, I tell you. Well, let's amuse ourselves with some calls. Hi, you're yeah. on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Hey, I heard you talking about the red box in there. You know, they, I think they actually uh, bumped it up to buck uh, forty-nine for a movie. That is highway robbery, and, sir. Yeah, and I think I know why they did it, too, because, uh, you know, they got them at uh, McDonald's, too. That's true. I, you, can, you can actually, it's the most American thing ever. You can actually get a Big Mac and a movie at the drive-thru at the same time. <laughs> That's right. All right. So People anyway, uh, one day I go in there, and I rent a couple movies, and I get them home, and I open them up. It was a copy of Sluts Illustrated instead. <laughs> Well, uh, some idiot took, uh, there's a little sticker in the middle of it uh-huh. that identifies the movie. 
and some guy took that sticker off, and you know those those CDs you get in your mail for your computer, you know they're free or whatever. Yeah. He stuck the sticker on one of them. That's so great! It was in like an AOL disc that had been labeled yeah, as, yeah, as something exactly. else. Fantastic. You know what it is? That's uh, yeah, that's a little culture jamming. That's what, uh, that's what that's what uh, Douglas Copeland would call that. A little jamming of the culture. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Yeah, you got to love Excellent. that. All right. Uh, while you're waiting for your computer to reboot, Tim, do you want to hear the uh, the firing story that Susan Reynolds told me? Oh yes. Okay. So she has given me permission to tell the story. By the way. Awesome. Uh, so I will leave the identifying characteristics and names out of this. It could be any of dozens of people. It really does. You know what it is? The firings here and in radio, uh, they are like that flicker thing, you know? People fired in the last ten minutes, and just like five photos. You refresh, five new photos. Um, I need a new salesman. Put in a dollar. <laughs> Let me uh, get a cup of coffee here, and uh, I will tell you the, uh, the story. There is, and it's all sort of resolved itself now, but, um, and I, Susan is not in the building today. She's on vacation. She's a spring break with her, uh, her chillins, so mm. she's not able to be here. Um, but, uh, so there was, how do I put this? There was a, uh, we will say uh, an entry-level employee. Let's just say that. Would, uh, this, would this be somebody that Tim and I know? No, no, I don't think. You might have passed them in the like hallway. Like a, a T-shirt uh, folder. I'm not saying uh, exactly what department they worked in. Uh, you might have passed them in the hallway, but you wouldn't know them. Can if, you if say I, if it's male or female? Uh, Probably not. It was a guy. Okay. You don't see too many women walking around here. I'm just... As, com- as compared to men. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I mean, seriously. There used to be. CBS is a... We're a big tent, though, Tim. We'll hire anybody. I know. He is a typical white person. So, anyway, uh, so th- if I put this person in front of you, you wouldn't recognize him, I don't think. Uh, but it was, uh, again, there are no small jobs, only small people. Uh, so, but, but this was an entry-level job. In other words, not, uh, you know, not not anybody uh, who had, uh, how do I put this? Worked in the business a long time? I'm just saying. Someone uh, who was relatively unseasoned. That's what I'm saying. And someone who had gotten a foot in the door. And, and and look at it. I'm not, I'm not trying to be whatever, but you know, it's a, it's a, it's an industry in which a lot of people would like to have jobs. You know, we meet people like again, we meet people all the time. Probably everybody who works in uh, like the entertainment industry, for example. Uh, you know, you hear from people, hey, I thought about getting into radio sometime. Uh, how do you how do you do that? How do you get them one of them uh, shows? You know, and you know, the... I think I'm pretty funny. I get that all the time. My parents tell me I'm hilarious. Everyone says I'm really funny. I need to get my own show. Can I come in sometime? <laughs> Do you really? Hear I get that, that all the time. All the time. Uh, people, after they have a couple cocktails, they're like, hey, well, I can talk about stuff, and people love hearing me talk. Maybe um, I can come on as a guest sometime. I'm spending each and every day stripping couple wire. I desire something a little bit better. <laughs> I see cupboard mobility. <laughs> 
for such dicks. I sent out a tape in 1979, and I think it's high time I do it again. By the way, and how much, and how often? And this, by the way, is uh, this is the snarkiness that comes with the job. I think. How often do you meet this guy, Tim? How often do you meet the guy that's like, well, yeah, I did some radio myself back in uh, back in about 78 in Lubbock, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, K K uh, KLBQ down there. You know that station? Yeah, I, I ran the. Uh, I did some music on Sunday. My ran we mostly run on the Gospel Hour, and uh, the Unistar uh, hook up, and then turn it off the station at midnight. But uh, I've been thinking about getting back into it. You got anything at the station? Anything open right now? <laughs> you know, and it's and you can never get out of conversations like that. They just go on forever and ever. So now, my recent one was uh, somebody I knew years and years ago uh, from a movie set who I hadn't seen in twelve years decided that they were going to come up, and. Uh, they, they noticed that there was an ad for a local station, and they they had made up their mind that I was going to help them. I had no idea what they've done for the past 12 years. Can you give me the hookup? Yeah. Have they been in prison? And and this person <laughs> said, once the, once they hear my tape, they will ignore the fact that I have absolutely no experience to start in the 23rd market. <laughs> no. And then they asked me to help them move a beat-up mattress <laughs> to some shared band rehearsal space. <laughs> And some, and some side street up a fire escape behind the billboard. I mean, there is a certain amount of, uh, and I'm just, not really. I'm not trying to be a dick about being a radio. But no, like, I, I got in the lucky way. You guys, I know I got in the door as it was shutting. And I think it's like this in any industry where you know there's a certain amount of dues paying, and you know it's yeah. not like we're at the, 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 the top of the hill or whatever. But I mean, there's a certain amount of working your way up in tiny markets and whatever. There's a certain amount of chutzpah that you can s- sort of admire, though. Um, there is somebody, and this is, and I'll get, I will get back to the story in a second. There is a different person. Um, I probably shouldn't use his name because I don't want, I, I don't want to embarrass him. He's a good guy, but there's a guy who who just got hired on uh, the street team here, and he had come in some time back uh, because he had sort of, I won't say pestered, but he'd been very persistent. He emailed me a lot, and he's like, "Hey, I'm doing some broadcasting stuff and the radio and whatever." Mm. And I had, he came in and he talked to me, and it wasn't, you know, like an interview, but he just came in because he wanted to sort of pick my brain, as they say. And I said, "What's your deal? What do you want to do?" And he goes, "Well, he goes, I really like to have, like, I'd like to be on the air. I'd like to have a, uh, like to have a weekend talk show." And I said, "Well, what's your experience?" And he was like, "Well, he'd done a little bit, you know, a little bit of college radio or whatever." And he said, "Well, I'd really like to start off with like a three-hour weekend talk show with, you know, like me and a cast of nine people, and we'd all like to make eighty grand a year, you know." And I, and I was, but he was, you know, very, but he was, you know, a good guy. And I said, "Well, first of all, n- not going to happen." Uh, and I said, he, here are your choices. I said, if you really want to be on the air, and by the way, the only reason I'm saying this is because there are a lot of people who I think are interested in radio and who are sort of either, you know, talk to people or they wonder, they'll email me like, how do I get into it? It's a tough racket. How do I get my foot in the door? And what I always tell people is you got to figure out what your priority is. Is your priority getting on the air or is your priority <clears throat> staying in Portland? As if your priority is getting on the air, uh, you'll need to move. You, you will have to move somewhere else. How do you feel about Roseburg? Uh, how do you feel about Pasco? Uh, and, and that's just in this area. There are 50 other states that you may end up in. Yeah, there, there are. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yes, there is a whole. There's a whole uh, 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 country of minuscule towns uh, that you will need to move to. Uh, so I said, if you if your whole thing is getting on the air, it's not going to happen here. Probably you, you're going to have to move to a small city and you know work your way up from there. I said, if your thing is staying in Portland. Then that will also work, but you're going to have to take like the lowest level job available. Like you're going to have to start, like you're going to have to just be like scraping gum off the floor somewhere. And he said, okay, thanks for the advice. I'll think about it. I, about two weeks later, I got an email from him and he's like, hey, this is so and so. He goes, I've decided to stick it out, stay in Portland, so I'm just going to take whatever I can get. 
and you know what? About a month ago, I saw that he was uh, hired on as a street teamer here. And, awesome. Uh, totally. And you know what? He, and you know what? He, I hate to sound. This, I don't mean to sound condescending when I say this. I'm just saying everybody's got to start somewhere. And you got to be sort of be willing to accept that. But you know what? He's like doing it with a smile on his face and a spring in his step. So I good can, for him. No, seriously. I'll, if, if I see him around, I'll introduce you guys to him. I can tell he's going to go far. Cool. All right. So here's, firing. Story. Here's somebody who's not going to go far. So <laughs> this, this is, those are the kind of stories we love. This is a story about somebody else. Uh, so um, entirely. So uh, this was another guy. Let's pick a name, not his. Somebody pick George. A name. George. So let's talk about a guy named George who worked here until re- until recently. How long did George work here for? Uh, too long, I think, would be the general assessment. Oh. Uh, a short while in Saucy. what we might charitably call, uh, as I said, an, an entry-level position. George was employed here. And so George, uh, it, and again, it's just the way, the way it is. Um, not that you're allowed to, like, slack when you sort of work your way up to a higher position, but, I mean, especially when you got that, like, foot-in-the-door position. Like, you've got to be, you know, as Tim will tell you. I was stalking you from Bremerton when I found out there was Seriously, a foot in the door can I get position. an extra two hours this week? I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's weekends, it's overnights, it's holidays, it's, what do you do? Well, we need somebody to go stand at a truck stop and hand out stickers in the 30-degree cold for nine hours. All right! I mean, and the answer to all of those things, every time you're asked to do something, has got to be yes. Uh, you know what would what do you do? Well, uh, we need somebody. To, we need somebody to dress in a mascot costume on the hottest day of the year and be pelted with golf balls by small children and to be kicked in the well. Yes, I, well, you know what? I say, and the reason I say the mascot thing is I used to work at a station where that was the entry level position. This the station did this charity event, and the deal is they would put somebody in a mascot costume in July. The person would have to go into a driving range, and it was a Barney costume, sort of like a knockoff Barney costume. They would be in the knockoff Barney costume in the middle of summer on a driving range. People would pay five, ten dollars or whatever to be in the driving range and hit golf balls at you. And the deal is, if you hit, if you hit the mascot, like for every time you hit the mascot, like ten bucks would go to charity or something. So, you know, so you go out and people would would pay five bucks and they'd drink and they'd hit golf balls. But, of course, there's some poor bastard out there on the driving range. in will hit you every time right between the eyes. In July, in a Barney costume with drunks hitting golf balls at him for literally like like seven hours. I mean, you've got, and you know what, when they ask you to do that, you got to go, yes, I'm there. And, you know, and you got to show up early and stay late and all that stuff. So George, who was until recently an entry-level employee, apparently uh, showed up late, left early. Often overslept, uh, like as I as the story was told to me, just sometimes didn't show up at all. Uh, apparently, did not uh, did not dress appropriately. George some, did. Yes, apparently did not dress appropriately for some of the occasions. Uh, you know, because we have many stations here. People think it's just us, but there's you know CBS Radio has a lot of different radio stations here in Portland, uh, and some of the radio stations have different audiences, audiences for which you must dress appropriately. Sometimes it's a family-oriented station. And there's going to be uh, parents and kids and whatever, and you can't look like a hooligan. And apparently George just uh, was resistant to all of these lessons and uh, just behaved in an inappropriate fashion uh, constantly and without end. And and I think it was just it was on very on very thin ice for a long time, and just was just kind of a general uh, generally unpleasant layabout. Gets taken into the office uh, for what they uh, call a come to Jesus meeting. And that is, the come to Jesus meeting is the last chance meeting. That is where they sit you down and they go, this is your last chance to get it together. Uh, or you'll be no, I've never heard that term. That makes me feel icky. Come to Jesus? Oh, yeah. No, you, on KCMD Portland? You'll, uh, that should be our phrase. Come to Jesus on AM 970. 
uh, if a come to Jesus meeting, that's come to Jesus is that that means it's a last chance. That is where they lay down the law and like this is it. Like you are being put on notice. You were on the thinnest of ice. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so he is given the come to Jesus call. He goes and he sits down in Susan's office, and Susan lists for him uh, all of the things that he has messed up on. Just like you know, number nine, number fifteen. Number 39 is just listing everything he has done wrong and every way in which he is not meeting expectations. Uh, and by the way, apparently during the whole thing, like sitting back, like slumped, arms crossed, like legs out. Oh, like being disrespectful. At one point, too. like picking his teeth <laughs> and oh. just being like a dick. And so she lists off like the 500 things that this guy has messed up on. And then she actually puts it to him. And God, God bless her. Susan gave him the chance. She looked at him. She goes, so you tell me, if you were me. Why should I keep you? And you know what the guy's response was? And from this one moment only, I wish we were on satellite because mm-hmm. I'd, I have to bleep it a little bit for the air. But she lists off all of the ways in which this guy is messing up. And she says, so if you were me, why would you keep you? And I swear to you, this is his answer. He looks at her and he goes, because I'm the S. Are oh, you no. serious? That was his response. That is not. That can't be true. She, no, 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 oh, no, yeah. no, no. She I came to my office like ten seconds later. God bless her. Oh. Like as soon as the meeting was over, she came to my office. She came. She shut the door. She's like, she's like, guess what George just said? <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that the meeting had, was going to happen. Like she told me about it. Um, and so yeah, she like reads him the riot act about all of the things that he has been messing up on. I mean, and let's, let's be fair. It's an industry in which a lot of people would like that job. You know, and she didn't have to give him, like, another chance. I mean, Susan, out of the goodness of her heart, she's like, look, I mean, she basically sat there for 10 minutes and told him, like, you are a waste. Uh, Mm. But here I am offering you another chance. Why should I give you another chance? And then he apparently literally shrugs and goes, because I'm the S. Good Lord. Is he older? Is he younger? Should he know better? As she put it, by the way, that sentence had one word too many in it. (laughs) Uh, uh, He's uh, younger than you. But old enough to know better? Old enough to know better. Mm. So, uh, anyway, he's gone on to pursue other opportunities. As Lester Banks once said, you'll meet him again in his long journey to the middle. Okay. So there you go, Tim. Winko always needs people to shake carriages <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> exactly. As Laika says, I always need somebody to hand me my fries. The world needs ditch diggers, too. <laughs> so, anyway. So, don't respond with that if you are ever in a meeting yeah. with a supervisor and he says, why should I keep you? If you have been extended another chance, don't respond with, because I'm the S. Yes, that's exactly who it was. No way. Do you know who that is? I know exactly who that you is. you know him personally, socially? Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah. You know all the bad people. Yeah. I, I was do. just going to say, that's, yeah, with the, yeah. I have no idea who he is. Yeah, Totally. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, so. Sarah apparently does kind of know who he is. Yeah, he has the. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There you I could see that. Yeah, you, couldn't you see him saying that? All right. Oh boy. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. <laughs> well, all right. Tim Riley, who really is the S. I actually I can't see him say that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, people will always disappoint you. So <laughs> never back them up. Apparently, just a just just a full on nozzle. He was. I mean, just. Oh boy. Yeah. I guess I've only spoken to him like three times. I just yeah. know who he is. Well, you, you won't be speaking to him a fourth time. That opportunity has been taken away. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, I tried to crank this contraption up again. It still doesn't work. So we'll go on to other things for 10 that we have other things to do here. Uh, looks like failed presidential candidate Fred Thompson is giving acting another go. 
William Morris has signed on to represent Thompson with the aim of him doing television and film roles. After serving as a Tennessee senator, he worked as an actor, including a starring role in Law and Order. His other film credits include In the Line of Fire, Day of Thunder, The Hunt for Red October. He's uh, 60. Wow. He's only 65. He looks like 80. Really? 65 years old. He was uh, allegedly running as a Republican, uh, dropping out in January. Here's a follow-up to a question you asked last Friday. What are the Jackson family up to, you asked? I, yes, yeah, specifically I was wondering about uh, Jermaine and Tito. Okay, I do have uh, what Marlon is doing. <laughs> Mar Marlon? Can anybody here name all the Jacksons? Let's see. I didn't even know there was a Marlon. There is a Marlon. Huh. Yes, Sarah, there is a Marlon. He was the original Jackson 5 member. He now stocks shelves at Bonds in San Diego. Oh, are you kidding me? He has to uh, temporarily move to into a, an extended stay hotel because he had to go all the way to San Diego to find a stocking job. Because he's the S. Uh, Randy, who's 46, does odd jobs, including fixing cars in a Los Angeles uh, garage owned by a family friend. He recently claimed Michael was going to give him $1.7 million. <laughs> a no. pipe dream, said another brother. <laughs> That's not going to be happening. Then uh, Jackie is the oldest and most debonair of the brothers. He is struggling to manage his, <laughs> his son Siggy's aspiring rap career after an internet clothing business startup and attempts to produce music had failed. And, of course, J uh, Janet is doing the best. She's worth $150 million. Wow. Does it say, what about LaToya? Is LaToya listed on that? Uh, LaToya is married to some rich guy in Beverly Hills and is doing quite fine by herself. Really? Son. Is that true? Yeah, that's what I read. Well, good for her, I guess. That's because she's all freaky. Look, she looks like an alien. It's true. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A woman has sued the company behind Oprah's TV show claiming she was injured when audience members uh, rushed to find seats at a recording. Orette Greenberg is demanding uh, $50,000 in damages after allegedly being pushed down a flight of stairs. Uh, this caused her severe and permanent injuries and claimed the crowd at the studio was not properly controlled by the studio staff. Uh, let's see. She claimed she was hurt in December 2006. Well, that was a long time ago while attending a recording of the uh, program in Chicago. Audience members are told to sit wherever they want which led to the rush, according to legal documents filed. Uh, a Florida woman has been arrested after being accused of trying to run her husband over with a minivan 20 times. Not once, but 20 times. Uh, Leslie Ann Brown of uh, Point St. Lucie is charged with felony counts of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and child neglect. I guess your uh, daughter was in the back seat in the baby seat. Wait, so this is 20 times in a row? Yes. I thought you meant like over 10 years. No, 20 times in a row. Uh, she graduated a suitcase and ran out of the minivan <laughs> after she tried to chase down her husband. The baby uh, in a suitcase? Is that what you said? And a suitcase. Oh. At one point, her husband threw a brick through the window of the minivan to try to stop her. It didn't work. <laughs> she, he was still went oh. over about 50 times. Ah, uh, young love. Let's see. I did have another. Uh... Oh, here's another suitcase story. The search for a New Jersey woman missing since her son was found abandoned in a parking lot last summer led authorities yesterday to a Staten Island pond where human bones were found in a suitcase. Uh, two men were charged last week at Amy Gordano's disappearance, including a man whom she was having an affair. The second man uh, was charged with tampering with evidence in her death. Uh, Godano uh, vanished in June. Two months later, her 11-month-old son was found abandoned in a hospital parking lot. Uh, so there are all kinds of uh, uh, people of Italian uh, extraction uh, involved in this from New Jersey. So we leave that to your imagination. Uh, police say a man's excuse for speeding through a small Connecticut town takes the cake, or at least the cookie. A state trooper was, uh, who spotted the 1993 BMW says its driver, 28-year-old Justin Volkamer of New York, blamed his driving problems on an Oreo.
He told the trooper that an Oreo slipped from his fingers after he dunked it in a cup of coffee when he was trying to fish it out, and he lost control of his car. Prosecutors learned in court this week that he'd been charged with speeding and driving under a suspended license, not under the influence, as a clerk mistakenly filed for court records. The case is now pending. A gun carried by a U.S. Airways pilot accidentally discharged during a flight from Denver to Charlotte over the weekend. This is aboard flight 1536 that left Denver. It was bound for Charlotte. The plan did land safely. And the flight's 124 passengers and crew members, uh, none of them said they were injured. It was a full flight. The plane had been taken out of service to make sure it was safe for the return. So uh, they now have a flight deck officer program, which trains pilots to carry guns on flights. The gun discharged in the cockpit, but uh, let's see, they didn't release information on how the gun was transported at the time or the pilot's name. But he was authorized to carry a weapon and was requalified after taking the program. By the way, <clears throat> I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's the end of the story. Uh, speaking of uh, flight security, so I'm not going to do my like TSA rant except to say three things. A, uh, it is still interesting to me that Barack Obama had all his security done by the TSA mm-hmm. uh, when he was here. B, uh, I forgot to tell this story. So as we were – was this in Portland or, or Vegas? No, it was in Portland, PDX. Um, I didn't pay her to do it, uh, but I did agree to put a bet on a roulette for her if she did this. So I, uh, I, so I essentially I paid my wife $15. I told her as we were going through TSA – um, if she would speak Arabic to the guy who was searching her bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, uh, I had, like, my uh, Blackberry with me, so I looked up some Arabic phrases, and I had her talk a little Arabic to the TSA person, who really didn't... I, did, they, he, did he know that she was speaking Arabic? Probably not. No, see, that's the thing. I think I miscalculated, though, because I assumed that the TSA guy, what with all of their training, mm-hmm. uh, would be able to spot the Arabic language, and I don't think that was no, the case. Not so much. No, he didn't even bat an eye. Didn't didn't care at all. Um, I uh, The two things, though, I did get into a little bit of... Uh, I won't say I got into trouble, uh, but on the way back last night, because I was just so loopy. I mean, even, I mean, Saturday into Sunday, I got a lot of sleep because I was just feeling really burned out. But, I mean, still, it's just, in, in Vegas, it's it's why you can only stay for a couple of days, because it's just like dog years there. And, I mean, by the end of three days, because we went Friday night, and so we were there really only for 48 hours. But by the time I got on the plane last night, by the time I was in the airport, I was just... You were ready to go? Oh, yeah. I mean, my brain was just jello. Uh, so I was just, you know, like at one point, one of my shoes was untied, and I bent down, and you had that moment, that Alzheimer's moment, where you're like, how do I do this? Like, I, I, for a minute, I froze, and it took me about a second and a half of staring at my shoe, trying to figure out exactly how it went back together. Um, but we, we're here looking at it going, well, I, huh? You know, and you just, and you get is it, the terrifying window into your future when you're old and having to mash a bunch of spinach paste. So... I'm in the airport, and they're playing, and they have Rita Rudner doing the um, the little pre-recorded thing at the Vegas airport, because she is the comedian of the year, and so, um, which seems really improbable. Who's by Rita the way. Rudner? That's what I'm saying. That's how you know she's not really the comedian of the year. Hmm. Rita Rudner is, well, that's is, a good, is that the lady with the tie? That's a good question, actually. I don't even know why Rita Rudner is famous. Uh, she's a comedian, I guess. She's sort of whimsical. She kind of, uh... She's sort of like uh, like a brunette, Carol Kane. But I realize now that that doesn't mean anything. That, that's cool. And we further sink oh, into a black her. hole. <laughs> what? We further sink into a black hole. Okay. Uh, not, I thought you said a black pole. No, no. Um, the, uh, but now that I'm saying that, I don't even really know why Rita Rudner is famous. And you totally nailed it, Sarah. You recognize her. But I don't think anybody can remember a Rita Rudner joke. 
I defy anybody in this room to come up with a with a famous one-liner. That no, Rita, what do I know her from? Though? I've seen I, her in one Rita thing, Rita. I think. I think she's and done. She talks really quiet. Like she mm. talks kind of yeah. like this. she's sort of a female emo Phillips. I guess that's the best way to describe her. Never heard of her. That is very much a that's Rita Rudner. I've heard the name, but I don't remember what she did. See, there you go. But she's part of that big glut of comedians. Rita Rudner is she's the E-list. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she, maybe she's famous because she sort of got in before the before the bar was raised. Like, before you really had to do something. Um, All right, I'm going to look her up on the IMDb. Please look up Rita Rudner. Uh, right? I mean, obviously, I know who she is, uh, but I couldn't tell you right now. She's on an episode of uh, Tales from the Crypt. Just she was one? on Doctor, really? one episode, Dr. Katz, professional therapist. Has the Nanny, done, one episode. Has she done anything past the year 2000? Except for being Vegas' Comedian of the Year. Um, 2002, she... I think that's a thing she they did just... Kingdom Hearts. I think they're just which claiming... Which is a Japanese anime film. They Uncredited. Don't, they, don't, <laughs> they don't actually specify what year, I guess, you know, she was Comedian like she's of the Year. You know, it well-liked, considering everything I'm looking at is like one episode, one episode, one episode. <laughs> Never more than one. <laughs> Loved by dozens of people the world over. I have no idea what I'd know her from. This is going to be one of those days where my brain is so fragmented because everything we talk about now sparks like nine other thoughts. You know what she was in? What? Gleaming the Cube. No. She was played she the mom? Mrs. Yabo, a.k.a. Mrs. Yabo? Yeah, I don't know what that is. That's my favorite performance. Everywhere I look, it's Yabo this and Yabo that. And she's not even on the first page of it. But she's she's Vegas' Comedian of the Year, so they claim. Comedian of the Year. 1973. Uh, so I don't really know... What were we talking about? Oh, anyway, but so when, you, when you're in the Vegas airport and, you know, they have that videotape thing where they're saying, you know, like, don't bring bullets on the plane. But it's Rita, it's Rita Rudner who's doing this video greeting about, like, you know, telling you not to whatever. But the thing is, they've got Rita Rudner doing a pre-recorded thing that plays in the airport telling you it's that thing about how you're not supposed to joke. Like, you know, do you, sir, do you have anything in your baggage? Just a handgun. <laughs> you know, and then a guy, like, breaks your legs. So they've got Rita Rudner telling a bunch of bad jokes at the airport. And then she goes, joking is always fine, just not at the airport. Uh, whatever. So as we're in line, this is how loopy I was. And I'm really lucky that this didn't get me in more trouble. As we were at the Vegas airport last night, and I'm just woozy and just sort of whatever, and reeling and listing back, to, back and forth. And... You know how there's like multiple lines you can get in, and it's like at the DMV where one line is really long and the other line is really short, like for no real reason. And the guy at the short line, he sort of stands up and he goes, "Well, you can either come over here to the short line or you can stay in the long line. Doesn't matter to me. I get paid either way." The guy said that. The TSA guy. Wow. The TSA guy said that, and so but it was right after the reader run the thing had played. So the guy's like, "Doesn't matter to me. I get paid the same." And so I shouted back early on. I go, you do it like a South Park character. That's exactly what he was. Yeah. Like, and he was like a big, fat, bald guy. And he was like, whoa. You know, like, look how hilarious. You like, should when they're asses. He well, should be the warm-up for Danny Gann. And he totally thought he was hilarious. So without even thinking, uh, and it was right as I was getting ready to go through, which is not when I should have done this. But so he, like, said something he thinks is hilarious. And I sort of shouted back. I go, sir, there's to be no joking <laughs> near the luggage screening area. <laughs> And sure enough, they like yanked me out of line and searched all my crap. Oh no! You... I got pulled into the special search line. I forgot about that. Did they have the? They didn't do the cavity search. Okay. No, but they like. Remember the thing where you stand in the machine and they look at you naked? No, no, but they pulled all the stuff out of my bag. They like looked inside my. They had to, I did undo my belt and like unbutton the top of my pants. But you know what? It was worth it. It was really worth it because you can tell that they're. 
Like, it's not so like... So you said people being scared of them? Yeah, like, it's not, not like I'm all that edgy or whatever. I'm just kind of poking fun at a TSA guy. It's not like I'm mouthing off to a cop or something. But you can tell that they're really not used to anybody talking back to them at all. And so even that low-grade, like, base kind of, uh, you know, mouthing off, it was kind of funny because he sort of... That isn't even low-grade. That's that, pretty, like, that's mid-grade. He didn't even really know how to respond. He just, and then he just sort of sat down. So. That would be the place to practice your Arabic. <laughs> well, you know, I've always wanted that shirt that in Arabic says, I am not a terrorist. You know? Just it's true. It you is a- It is accurate. Uh, oh, by the way, so speaking of Danny Gans. Yes. So, you know, I am fascinated by Danny Gans. He's terrific. Now, see, you've seen him. No, I know somebody who has. So here's the thing. So there's Rita Rudner, who is allegedly comedian of the year in Vegas. Uh, She's somebody's dame. <laughs> I, I, find her, I find her kind of strangely hot. I really do. Uh, although that's based on airbrushing, so she might not look so good now. Kind of like how I find Carol Kane strangely hot. Not my type, but I find her kind of sexy. Um, but so Danny Gans, of course, at the Mirage, continues to just be the biggest thing. I mean, massive. I mean, you've been there. I mean, yeah. Massive. Yeah. Massive signs for Danny Gans. Uh, you know, he's really generic looking, though. He's good looking in a generic way. You know what Danny Gans looks like? He he looks like sort of a knockoff of a Bob Saget sitcom character. You know, sort of like funny uncle. Uh, good looking, not really interesting, though. Uh, but, of course, everywhere you go on cars, Danny Gans. Billboards, Danny Gans. Bus, Gans. You know, tray table, Gans. Placemat, Gans. Uh, and then every... Where would I know him from? I'm nothing. Like, he doesn't nothing. look nothing. <laughs> You would know him from Vegas. That's it. And I am fascinated. Somebody decided he was going to be a Vegas star. And, uh, End of story. And we had this whole discussion about, like, how does one even work oneself up to becoming a huge thing in Vegas? Because, you know, the fascinating thing about Danny Gans is he is one of those guys that if you leave Vegas, no one has heard of. Mm-hmm. But in Vegas, I mean, no joke, outside the Mirage on the Strip, I would say that Mirage sign with his face on it, I would guess it's 100 by 100. And lit up, and it towers over the strip. It's the biggest sign on the strip, except for the wind. I mean, it's probably the single most coveted piece of real estate on the strip, and it's a huge picture so of Danny Gans. does he perform Gans. every night? Like... I guess. He's like Lance Burton. He's just one of those guys here for until 2050. Um, but anyway, so it's a Danny Gans and his big teeth, and then everywhere it's, and then it says, Performer of the Year underneath that. So I was. Is that kind of like a thing, like perform, how um, Papa Murphy's claims to be the best pizza chain five exactly. years in a row? So you know what I was thinking? Here's the thing. What, tell me what you guys think about this. As yeah. of now, we're going to say the Rick Emerson Show or, or me or the show or something, Entertainer of the Year. Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. Is Wait, you're a, the Entertainer of the Year? Or the show. How would we phrase it if it's the show? See, I'm, I'm working on the GANS thing, but how would we make it flow linguistically for the number whole show? One, um, I don't know, the number one talk radio show? But, I mean, you want it to be something that's sort of vague enough that you could just say, like, it, it's true. Like him, Performer of the Year. Well... Like, they don't source no, you it should tell, I think I think Entertainer of the Year would be... And it's in good. quotes. Like, they put it in quotes, but they don't source it. So That's it, like, next time you go to Papa Murphy's, look at it. It says, nominated best pizza chain for five years. There's no credentials to anything. Yeah, see, like, there's Nothing. no site for it at all. They just they just say it. And you know what? You say it, people believe it. So, yes, Rick Emerson, I mean, I don't want it to be all about me. Like, if we can phrase it with the show somehow, I want it to be, like, another thing that's just me. But I think it would probably work best with Entertainer of the Year. What do you think, Tim? Yes. Are you sure? Yeah. I mean, I can. We can make it the whole show. But I, what do you think about just Rick Emerson, Oregon's Entertainer of the Year? Put it in quotes. No sight. Hey, we're attached to you, regardless of whether or not you good know, or bad. Entertainer. Yeah. We're all chained <laughs> together for good or ill. So, just so everybody's aware, so the audience is aware of this. If you start seeing this, if you see this pop up, just let's all we're all on the same page now. We're it's, it's a goof. So uh, let's all let's all be aware. Of Voted the, Oregon's Entertainer of the Year, or the United States, or just Oregon? I think Oregon. That makes it more believable. Okay. But I wouldn't. Do we want to say voted, 
or just want to say like Oregon's, you know. Entertainer but, of the year. But you make yeah. it like a low number, but like three years in a row. Oh, I have a Danny Gans clip here. Really? You want to hear it? Yes. Pop yes. Up. You're up. He's on stage. And he's saying nothing. <laughs> Barack Obama! Okay, well, my thing isn't working. So we have no Danny Gans. The sound still isn't working? No. None of my stuff. a typical white person. Well, we'll have to have somebody look at this. Okay. So, so what do we say? Three years? Is that low enough to be believable? Yeah. Yes. Rick Emerson. Or... No, no two, let's do two years. Two years. So how would because it be phrased? Just... Rick Emerson, Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. Two years. See, but or the year and then year. It's too much. Using the year. Can you do like 2000, 2007, 2006, 2007? 2008. People oh, have, have they already voted? Oh, yeah, sure. the vote already happened? Of course it happened today, oh, right 2007, now. This 2008. Okay. Yeah. Rick well, congratulations Emerson, for Kimberly. Oregon's Entertainer of the Year, 2006, 2008. Okay, I I'm like gonna, it. Susan's on vacation, but I'm going to tell Bridget. I'm going to start putting. I'm going to start putting that everywhere our show is. It's going to say in quotes, uh, "Oregon Entertainer of the Year, 2006 to 2008." We can that, even use it for the listener party. Yeah, no, that's going to start going on all of our one sheets and everything. Genius. No quote. I mean quotes, but no site at all. All right, I'm going to look at this Papa Murphy thing. <laughs> I don't think I know that they. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, how about another flight story? A chunk of a U.S. Airways wing separated during a flight oh. from Orlando to Philadelphia oh. and cracked a passenger's oh. window. Oh. Oh. It was flying somewhere over Baltimore. A panel from the left, left wing of the U.S. Airways 757 flew up and hit the plane. The wing part cracked the window in row 19. A reporter was among the 160 passengers aboard the flight and snapped some photos. That's oh, awful. That's, uh, no. Pilots slowed the airplane down, flew at a lower altitude, and moved passengers out of the row for the remainder of the flight. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, this says, Rita Rudner was pretty funny in the 80s. Tim is thinking of Paula Poundstone. That's who I'm thinking about. Who was the other female comedian in the 80s who then had her kids taken away because she was an alcoholic and was accused of child abuse. Mm-hmm. I remember that. All right. Here's Paula the... Poundstone. Yeah, I remember. Uh, Paula Poundstone, not hot. Here's Tim Riley. To the shock of everyone, Gresham police find teen curfew breakers are high on drugs. A police is sweeping the streets this week looking for underage spring breakers who are past curfew. Well, over the weekend, they picked up 42 kids. They were taken into custody. Two-thirds were under the influence of marijuana. Ten percent were having alcohol. And one percent was using meth, which isn't too bad for Gresham. I would expect that to be higher. They have one of the toughest curfew laws in the state. Children and teens under 18 must be off the streets between 11 and 6. Police in both Gresham and Portland plan more curfew sweeps this week because it is spring break week for the kids. We did see a guy. This is pretty great. We went to Fat Burger, and, uh, and as we were pulling out of the Fat Burger, we saw a guy. Uh, there was a limo pulled over. First of all, have you seen those Vegas cops who are on bike? Oh, yeah, I have. Uh, look at Banner, Michael. Uh, those guys who are on bikes. They, but it's it's great because they're cops on bikes, but the bikes on the front and back have the flashing red and blue lights, like where your normal sort of bike light would be, and they can hit it and bump 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 bump, and you know you can make fun of them, but they realize they got a gun and a nightstick and they yeah. can kill you. So we saw a limo driver pulled over, and they had the guy like it was the passenger, it wasn't the driver. They had a limo pulled over, and the passenger had him like spread against the thing, and like a huge bag of weed sitting on the trunk. Uh, and as we drove by, it was another one of those little snatches of conversation. As we drove by, we just heard, intent to distribute. <laughs> and, you know, that guy's fun was over for that guy. Um, let's see, what else? Here's another interesting thing about Vegas this weekend. It's interesting to see what's legal there and what is illegal there and what is sort of a gray area. Because, for example, obviously you can't, uh, you know, have uh, narcotics of any kind. 
but you can walk down the street with an open container. Uh, you, you know, you can be drinking, you can booze in it up, you can have a big bottle of vodka and just be drinking from it as you're walking down the street. Uh, you can be drinking in a cab. We were unclear about whether, if you were in the back seat of a passenger car, if you could be drinking. And so I was like, F that. And they're like, no, I think you can I do it. I wouldn't think no, so. No, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you know what, I'm driving. That's, that's going not operated the... by the public, that's your private yeah. vehicle. Well, so that's going in the trunk. Rick Emerson's not taking the fall. I said, that bottle is uh, going in the trunk. It's not going to be in the back. No, I think you can drink. I'm like, no. But you can drink in a cab. You can drink in the street. Lara, at one point, though, had a, uh, like a huge, like a bottle. She bought a bottle of, like, Bacardi or something. And it was, she had it in a brown paper bag just because, I guess, it was slippery. Like, the bottle was sort of slick, and she wanted to drop it, you know, and waste precious alcohol. So she had it in a, bra- a bag. And so, and I think Aaron had the same thing. And so at one point... Uh, Aaron and Laura walk into the casino with a big, like, bottle of alcohol in a brown paper bag, and apparently that's over the line, though. I guess that's one that's one thing you can't do, because the security guard at Slots of Fun came up and said, uh, I'm sorry, you're, uh, you're gonna have to take that outside. And even, that's not even because it's illegal, it's just because they want you to buy their booze. It's not even so much that it's illegal to have a bottle of alcohol in a bag in the casino. They just really? want you to buy, he's like, he's like, you know, if you come in here with a bottle of beer, that's fine. Come in here with a glass or a shot or whatever, that's fine. He's like, if you come in here with a bottle of tequila in a bag, we're gonna, we're gonna make you leave because we want you to drink our tequila. So you know, word to the wise. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton said she misspoke last week when she said she landed under sniper fire during her trip she took as first lady to Bosnia in 1996. The Obama campaign suggested it was del- a deliberate exaggeration of her past. She often cites a goodwill trip she took with her daughter and several celebrities as part of her foreign policy experience. During a speech last Monday about Iraq, she said, I remember landing under sniper fire. Well, apparently there was no sniper fire when she landed. Another lie from the white devil, Tim. Mm-hmm. She is a typical white person. Here is Tim Riley. Uh, oh, by the way, today marks the uh, 4,000th casualty in Iraq. So, Oh, then tonight there's going to be a very good special called Bush's War on Frontline, so make sure you're watching it. PBS does good things when they... Frontline? Oh, I'm thinking of Firing Line. Yeah, Firing Line would have been uh, William F. Buckley Jr. He's dead. He won't be doing that show. (laughs) Or he'll just take a long time to respond. Mm -hmm. And now for the negative, William F. Buckley. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Merle Brandle and his Black Lab slap scene were beachcombing along the Barren Sea when he spied a plastic bottle among the Japanese glass floats he often finds along the shore of his tiny Alaskan fishing village. He walked over and saw an envelope tucked inside. After slicing the bottle open, he found a message from an elementary school student in a suburb of Seattle. The fact that the letter traveled 1,735 miles without any help from the U.S. Postal Service is unusual, but it's only the beginning of a mystery. About 21 years passed between the time Emily Huan put the message in a soda bottle and, and Merle Brandle picked it up on the beach. She's now 34 years old and the bear hunting guide and manager of a local water plant. And uh, apparently, 70-plus residents of the lagoon were intrigued by the find because beachcombing is a popular activity in remote western Alaska, as anything else might be. So uh, 21 years later, that happened. I but, know everyone's excited about it. Uh, by the way, well, that's like those stories you hear about, and the letter was finally delivered 55 years later. There's one of those, like, every day. Or the wallet was found, you know, or, like, some guy, like, in you know, fighting in the trenches in World War One, sent, like, something to his mom, and it finally arrived. Uh, everybody is now uh, emailing in to say that uh, 
blah, 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 I would like to vote for Rick Emerson for Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. So, see, we have these sites. We can cite this if we need to. And there you go. Todd the Corpse, who was a copywriter uh, and man of God, uh, notes that uh, words like best, favorite, whatever, do technically, they you, you don't really have to cite them because they are what is called puffery. Uh, which means they're sort of vague and undefinable, which means it's perfectly legal to use them. Okay, so i got to get the actual uh, verbiage of this down. So it is Oregon's Entertainer of the Year? Yes. Undisputed. <laughs> Oregon's Entertainer of the Year, 2006-2008. And the winner of some sort of award also. I can't think of what it might be. We'll, we'll come up with our own awards and then just make ourselves the only entrance. I wonder if it's 2006 to 2008 sounds like birth to death. I'm trying to see how uh, Papa Murphy's wards it. Three years running? Three years in a row? A little logo Since 2006? Video. All right. Uh, we'll do a couple of these and we'll take a break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. What's up? Um, right after uh, 9-11 happened, I remember I had a trip to Vegas. Yes. And you were talking about airport security there. I remember um, going to the Portland airport, and they had uh, – it was a, a Marine and a Navy guy that were walking around, like, um, with sidearms and everything, because you remember was, they didn't really have the TSA yet. Right. And I thought that was unusual, but when I got to Vegas, they had Army guys walk around with M16s in their hands. I remember that, too. Actually, at the Portland airport, I remember uh, there was – we uh, – Shortly after 9-11, I remember we reported on this show that they had the National Guard at PDX with, I do believe, like fully automatic machine guns. Like they, they had full-on like battle weapons with them at the airport here for a while. Well, I, the thing was, the discrepancy is like, okay, well, in Portland, they just have sidearms. And right. In Las Vegas, all you got to do is mess up and they just point no. and shoot. <laughs> well, in Vegas, that is still a company town, if you know what I mean, sir. Yeah, in Vegas, you can either take the money and the hammer or you can get the F out. Or we can machine gun you. Yeah. Another another interesting thing about Vegas. Yeah. The cup holders at the table are big enough to hold a bottle of champagne. That is true. No, I, that that is. You know, can I tell you how how great is Vegas though? I mean, I'm just just sitting there and just seems waving an invisible insect in the air again. Wait, dust falls. We were just outside of Barstow when the uh, drugs took hold. All right, thank you, my friend. Well, picture five guys walking down the strip, each one of them drinking a bottle of champagne straight from the bottle. <laughs> That's what makes America great, my friend. Yes, it does. All right, thank you. Let's There's take nothing a break. wrong with that. We'll come back. Aaron Duran is here. We'll do the top five. Jim Roop. More from Tim Riley when we return. It's 503-733-2970. It's a Rick Emerson Show. Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. Rick Emerson radio program. Thank you for coming by. It's 503-733-2970. Runner up, Lars Larson. Lars Larson is a man's man, too, if you know what I mean. Uh, this email says, has another Emerson idea been stolen? The answer is almost certainly yes. Rick, further proof, Rick Emerson has his finger, Rick Emerson, uh, Oregon Entertainer of the Year, 2006, 7, and 8. Further proof that Rick Emerson has his finger firmly on the pulse of the cultural zeitgeist. Tonight's episode of According to Jim features a zany situation in which it is revealed that during their younger, wilder days, Jim's wife and her friend were both videotaped on a Girls Gone Wild show. It says, wasn't it just the other day you were pondering how long it would be before almost every teacher, mother, and wife would have some form of embarrassing sex photo out there? 
Uh, he says, I declare this sitcom plot a blatant ripoff. I am sending a sternly worded letter to the network demanding they immediately apologize to the Rick Emerson show and render under you sufficient compensation for this theft of intellectual property. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, do a couple of these, and then we will welcome uh, Aaron Duran to the program, and more from Tim Riley, uh, Top 5, Jim Roop, uh, and so forth. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Um, I think I have the uh, explanation for Rita Rudner's popularity. Okay. Let me read to you a list of comics from her period of time. Elaine Boozler, <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, Paula Poundstone, Roseanne. Well, I mean, well... Go, is, is there anyone in, in there that's either not gay or ugly? Let's do the list one more time, sir. Okay, Elaine Boozler. Um, a man, a handsome woman, I believe they would refer to her as. <laughs> that is true. Handsome is the term for Elaine Boozler. You are right about that. Okay, next. And then we got Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, well, I find uh, Ellen is really funny. Yeah. Uh, but uh, maybe. Uh, I think it, maybe now uh, for a mainstream audience at the time, though, probably not as mainstream as she is now. Okay, next. Paula Poundstone. Yeah, not funny or attractive. And Roseanne. Funny, not attractive, also unstable. Right, and then you got Rita, who's kind of or was kind of cute That's back true. in her younger days. And That's you true. You business know, run by guys. You know what she is? She's cute. She was presentable and sort of pixie-ish. Yeah, and she did kind of that. Oh, Phyllis Diller sort of, you know, my husband, my family kind of humor. Stuff. Yeah, I, very wholesome. I think she, I think the only line that Rita Rudner ever came up with that I can remember is, uh, and actually was about Vegas. I think she said, "I love Vegas. I'm looking forward to meeting my next ex-husband there." <laughs> I think that was the only line she ever did that I can remember. So, yeah. all right, thank you. Bye. Bye. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, is it me? Yes, it is, sir. All right. Uh, I just I found the Papa John's story where they were ranked uh, for eight consecutive years the number one in customer satisfaction. Now, is this Papa John's or Papa Murphy's? It's Papa John's. I, I can never right remember. There. Which is the one where you have to do the work yourself? That's the other one, Papa Murphy's or whatever. So this is Papa John's where they cook it? Yeah, exactly. All right, okay. And so it's so they say number one in customer service like nine years in a row or something? Yes, eight consecutive years. Do they give any sort of a source for that? It is the ACSI, American Customer Satisfaction Index, released by the National Quality Research Center at the University of Michigan Business School. Fantastic. I wonder how much of that, uh, how much of their funding is underwritten by Papa John's themselves. I would imagine so, yeah. All right, thank you. Thanks. Final call. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick. Hey. Hey, if you look at those uh, Danny Gans posters, if you read the fine print at the bottom and when you're in Vegas next time, yeah. it's it's voted by readers of Vegas Weekly. Really? Yeah. Excellent. All right. So they give – I don't think I remember seeing it on the billboard, but you're saying that you've seen the site somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, I, you know, because his posters the same, have uh, said the same thing for, what, like four years now? I wonder if I have to – like if I have – let's see. We've got this guy. This guy says uh, – this is John who says, I think you may need a source, but then he says, I can be that source. Go ahead and quote me. Rick Emerson is the 2007 and 8 Oregon Entertainer of the Year, voted by me, John, your number one fan. So, so we're good. We as long as we cite that guy, right? Yeah, put your own survey on your own website. Excellent. I like the way you think, sir. Yeah, right. and and Vegas too. Yeah. There is no open container law for any passenger in any vehicle. The only thing is, is you as the driver cannot have one. So really, so so it is no word to the wise. You can be boozing it up as long as you're not driving. Yeah, because uh, I was driving a bunch of friends around uh, last year, and there was about 18 of us in a rented van, uh, rented minivan, by the way, and uh, they all had booze, and we Wonderful. got pulled over. I love this country. 
Thank you. Bye. All right, there you go. Uh, so are we do, uh, Tim, you or, or not? Are we waiting? I'm sorry, the newsroom is temporarily out of order. Please pardon our dust. <laughs> and sneezing it. Can we get like a wacky, like a wacky gif of like a sawhorse and like a guy with a shovel under construction? That reminds me of the, um, when I was younger, my dad and I'd be like, please pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom with all the... <laughs> really? Yeah, like the Blue Angels and everything because we lived near a Navy base. <laughs> And the planes would be flying over, and like they would have these giant bull, like billboards. Hold on, I'm totally using that as a liner for Tim. The sound of freedom, the sound of freedom. Tim Riley, only on AM 970. Okay, which doesn't really make any sense. No, freedom. I mean, people can freedom be talking to anything if you repeat it over and over. Again. <laughs> really? No, it's genius. Okay. All right, let's. Uh... Love me like you did by the lake on the boo. No. Blowing my mind. Aaron Geek in the city. Don't get your mouth too close to that microphone. I cleaned my mouth. My mouth is clean. He cleaned it with booze immediately. I cleaned it with tequila instantly. That is true. Right after he licked the hand railing. I said, it's so salty. Give me a drink. That doesn't get rid rid of someone like with a cut hand smearing their blood down the rail and then it dries and then somebody else is slobbering on it. I had a taste of the blood. It sucks right into your tongue. Here's the best thing about it is is that after you licked the railing, somebody's hand touched that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's what yeah. we got. Him. Somebody's hand you covered in Aaron's spit. We stole a copy of Vegas Weekly. I'm going to vote against Danny Gans. <laughs> really? I'm going to vote, 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 vote the Carrot Top Fantasy. Dude, okay, let's talk about that Carrot Top billboard. So, at the Luxor... He's huge down there. There are two uh, shows going on. <coughs> Pardon me, at the Luxor. There's one that is Carrot Top, and then there's another show which is like a topless review called Fantasy with like three girls. But of course the billboard is really badly designed, so it just looks like carrot top fantasy. And There's no dividing line. <laughs> it looks like carrot top fantasy and it's like him with like three busty women. Oh boy. <laughs> it's so awkward. Come like, see carrot top and his breasts. Like the first time I the first time I saw I'm like, why would I want to go see a carrot top fantasy? I per- Which is carrot top in Vegas right now? At the yeah, Luxor. He, he's a he's a headliner at the Luxor. He's Are huge. you kidding? Yeah, no, I'm not. No. No. Did we, okay, we should make a show? bet. We should make a bet to see if I can meet Carrot Top while I'm in Vegas. I bet you could meet Carrot Top. Be part of his fantasy. Mm. Yeah. No, not meet him in that way. Not in the biblical. You know, I'm a prop comic, right? <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. so I'm forgetting uh, the timeline. Did you lick the metal <laughs> hand railing first? I had finished my bottle of tequila by the time I licked the hand railing. My tequila was gone. <laughs> but I which, had to steal my wife. Which did, Which did you lick first? The, uh, by the way, for those who came in late, uh, so Aaron at one point in Vegas, I think on Saturday night, uh, was accepting money in exchange for licking dirty things. <laughs> I know how that sounds. <laughs> I'll lick something dirty for Well, $20. with enough money, I probably wouldn't put anything in my mouth. Um, Aaron, oh, by the way, oh, what? oh, what? No, 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 here's the other thing. Do you remember? And, and so one of them was the rubber hand railing on the people mover at Caesar's Palace. Yes. And that was the one where you had to lick six inches of it. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you tried taking my money away. I couldn't see it. But at one point, you were obscured, and I thought you'd cheated by only licking like yes, three inches. Yes, my wife and Laura were watching me like hawks and to make sure I did it. Photographing. Yeah. Um, the, is there a photograph of you licking the handrail? Not on Flickr. Okay, you got to give that to me. Okay. Uh, there's no point. You gotta, what's the point of photographing it if we can't see it? No, you guys can see it, but that... 
well, I don't care who sees it anymore. I'm, seriously, it's not like yeah, it's my secret at this point. There's any dignity left within me. It's all gone. <laughs> and then the other thing was, okay, and then at one point, I forget how much we paid you to lick the metal hand railing. It was $5. It was so sad. Because <laughs> it wasn't a true lick. It was Do you just, really need money that bad? <laughs> I had to get out ahead, which I did later at Slots of Fun. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is he'd lost, I like Slots of Fun. Yeah. He'd had many gam- gambling losses the at cards, that point. The cards are my enemy. I'm a dice man. He'd lost a whole bunch of money at Blackjack, so he was... Uh, he he really didn't need to get out of the hole. <laughs> no, but the other one was the was the handrail outside. I think it was the win. Yeah, the um. No, 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 because no. No, oh. it was all no, because the paint was peeling off. It was all decayed. I didn't have to lick it. I just had to lay my tongue across it for five seconds. And here's the other thing. He had to this one, and it wasn't at the win because it was no. beat up. It was like peeling and gross and rusty. Mm. He, you had to put your tongue on the hand railing, yeah. and then you had to stand up, and it had to be while there were people walking by, and you had to say, "This rail tastes fantastic." That was the thing. That was the other half. And I do believe I added, it tastes like money and epic win. <laughs> but then later, there was the great moment of Aaron walking around later going, I can't get the taste of that rail out of my mouth. Everything so everything, everything tastes like steel and dirt. Everything tastes like salt and regret. <laughs> that was the other thing. So, he, so we're on the people mover at Caesar's Palace, and we're paying him $20 to lick the rubber hand railing. Well, did anyone just, see him doing this? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, that's the other thing. So here we are on the Caesars Palace People Mover. His wife has the camera, because she was totally into the idea, uh, of Aaron being paid Oh, any way to shame me, she's down for it. <laughs> $20 to lick the handrail. And so Aaron, you know, he like bends over his own. I prepped. And he gives it the long lick. <laughs> Two things. One, as he was doing it, a man and a woman walked, went by in the opposite direction oh, on the People God. Mover. And they'll be this, their reaction was priceless. Perfect Vegas reaction. They just looked down, and the woman goes, Ick. <laughs> that was it, and they just kept on going. The but so Aaron licks the handrail like does the full six inch full tongue. It was bad. Not not just the tip, the full tongue. No, no, yeah, I gave it the full on Jabba. He does the full lick, and then he my comes tongue up, was dry at the end. He comes up cringing, and he goes, "It's all salty." <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell to my hands and knees on the people Hoover. Oh yeah, and then he, and then he fell to his knees. He fell to his knees in like a kneeling fetal position. <laughs> I require food. How sad is that something in America exists called the people mover? <laughs> and that it needed to be licked. And that at one point we came across a people mover that wasn't working. You know, and it was like a full, you know, hallway. And then in the middle is the people mover. The people mover's not working, but we still got on it and like jumped up and down trying to get Come it on. to work. Come on, I don't want to walk. Maybe it's weight activated. Oh, man. So, uh, anywho. And I, I was made an honorary black person. I, uh, that is true. I am. I am an honorary black person. Is this at the same craps table where you blamed uh, your reversals on, quote, the white devil who was standing there? We were doing good, and the white pit bot showed up. And I looked at LT, and I said, see, that's what happens when the white devil messes with your game. (laughs) And he said, Asalaamu my brother. You are a black man now. Aaron was made honorary black man by the guy standing next to no us. No way. It is true. No, I Call was there. other black men, Kanye and Montel, throw them bones for us. That was. That, and then I made a terribly racist joke after I'd been called an honorary black person, and I felt bad. So I apologized to LT, and he said, ah, don't worry about it. I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty great, actually. Um, so, But you know what it is? That's when you realize uh, that, that Vegas, and by Vegas I mean alcohol and money, is really the glue that brings everyone together. Yeah, yeah. At the table, at one point, I walked by... Because I was sort of fading at that point. I was I was really tired because I'd only had a couple hours of sleep the night before, and it was like two in the morning anyway. And I was like, and Laura and I were just hammered. And they were and they were going nowhere. Like oh, they were on God. a hot. They were really on a hot. Laura's, and my wife is, uh, 
It's not like she's a junkie, but she's a serious craps player. For a I mean, Mormon, she, she gambled a no, lot. No, she, you know, and that's because her parents, her <laughs> parents were gamblers. Actually, that was the one weird religious exception they would make. Is hmm. her parents are ultimate, full on straight laced, but in their head they have made this exception for gambling, where they think the church is, you know, misunderstands. Well, because the whole thing. didn't she say that the church allows that the, the stock like, market? The church, yeah, her parents were like, well, the church allows the stock market. Therefore, I think they must be confused because gambling should be okay. So. She was able to pass for 21 early on, so all through her teenage years, her parents would take her to Vegas. So that's pretty cool, you know. And so, yeah. so she really understands craps, like inside and out. And she's a she's a serious craps player. And so she was like going nowhere. She was on a huge roll. She's like, I am up by blah 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 dollars and and whatever. And it was like 2 a.m. I'm like, f this. So yeah, I'm like, we were in the mad money. And she's like, we'll take a cab. I'm like, okay, bye. You know. And so I got in the car and I went back to the hotel and crashed. Uh, but um, as I walked up to say goodnight to you guys, it was like. It was like white stick man, Asian dealer. You know the the, the guy was sort of running the table. The, Who yelled the, the at for being too loud? Yeah, yeah. The the Asian dealer. You guys yell in my ear too much. Just roll dice. Aaron. Uh, <laughs> you should get Richie in here to say that. Aaron. Aaron, who is a uh, Aaron, who is a uh, swarthy man. Uh, my wife, who is half a, Mexican, half Italian. I am forever known as Diego the Wop. Yes. Um, and my wife, who is really white, and then everybody else at the table is black. And but they're all bonded with like let's screw the man out of money. That's totally what's bringing everybody together there. And so it was you. That is really you know you do understand uh, the sort of glue that holds humanity together is the idea of getting free money. We all hate El Hombre Blanco. That's the thing. Yeah, totally. The uh, yeah, yeah. El Diablo Blanco yeah, that's right. is, is the common enemy of everyone. I promised the Brack Irishman I would name his my first child Montel uh, Kanye Montel, Montel Kanye. Um, so, uh, but you, but, but it's like the, Sarah looks thoroughly disgusted by my weekend. It was adventure. just, a, it was a great, it was, it was, I hate to say this, but it was a great corny American moment where you sort of look and you go, the idea of getting free money really overcomes all differences. You know what I mean? The idea that by throwing some dice, a guy might hand you 50 bucks, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that you're getting free booze. That's mm -hmm. enough to overcome any sort of, uh, you know, schism between the races, the genders, whatever. The licking, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Okay, here's another one. Rick, after hearing that thing about Aaron licking a railing, I can best it. We were in Reno this weekend, as well as Dave's in, uh, which makes Vegas look like Rodeo Drive. Yeah, my, it does. <laughs> my friend found a pill on the hotel floor and ate it for free. <laughs> Sir, you don't give that away, man. He said, still waiting to hear if he's okay. Jesus. All right. Um, you tried to get, no, Laura tried to get me to eat old gum. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That was after you licked the railing, and she found an old piece of gum. She's like, how much for the gum? And Eric's like, $100, <laughs> which is like way more than we're going to pay, uh, you know, it, she for almost did it. gum. I, we sat down at that table at that, <laughs> that Kahunaville restaurant. <laughs> Kahunaville. Here's the thing. Look, here's, we let Aaron pick the restaurant because it was his first trip to Vegas. We, we needed to eat, and uh, we were on the strip. We weren't in old Vegas. We were in, on the strip, and, um, uh, and we're like, well, Aaron, you can pick where we eat. It's like a hot ticket. <laughs> and so we're at... Treasure Island. Treasure Island. And Aaron's like, what about Kahunaville? <laughs> and we go to Kahunaville, and here's the first thing you see is, like, a bunch of, like, uh, college girls at an oxygen bar. Yeah. Like, sniffing, like, you know, like... Pina like, colada air. Yes, yeah, so like, tangerine <laughs> air just for, like, $9. Um, Aaron's like, Kahunaville! And so we're like, well, all right, your choice, whatever. So we go sit down. And you know what? I, I was saying it was Coyote Ugly earlier, but you know that's not what it is. You know what it is? It was a cocktail. Uh-huh. Uh, bar. Oh, okay. Where cool. it was the juggling bartenders. And I have to tell you, 
Scotty J has a doppel, and he is a DJ at Did you Kahuna take a picture? I didn't actually. Well, then I shall visit said DJ. Go to Kahunaville. Here's yeah. the thing. It's, and he will give you the double gun shoot. He'll give you that. Oh, yeah, no. He walked by our table and gave us that. Bam! With the finger pistols. <laughs> he was awesome. Oh, he was, and he was, I would guess, early 40s, dressing like he's got early 40s with a spiky sort of frosted hair. You know what I mean? A little touch of gray. Yeah, like it was, like it was, tell, you know, it was blonde, little gray, spiky. Um, wearing like the one gold necklace, uh, <laughs> kind of dressed well, but you could tell not he had the hassle hop going on. Yeah, he wasn't really hip. He was just holding on. But and his yeah, and his music was all like Scotty music. Um, don't stay at that way. We dug his play. No, no, no. It was cool, but I'm just saying it was all stuff you could see Scotty playing. Yeah. It really was that demo. Um, but maybe it was Scotty behind the bar. No, there this guy was, was making money. Three bartenders who were doing the huge cocktail, like throwing the bottles behind their head and doing the thing. And I had this revelation. And I guess this sounds obvious now, but I'd never really put it together in my head. Everybody looks at me and goes, hey, "Those bartenders are righteous." And I, when I realized, is they're just jugglers. Like that's the thing. They're jugglers who figured out this is the only way they can be cool with that skill. I mean, it's kind of admirable, really. It's the only way you can pick up chicks. Yeah, like that, is a, that is a guy who was beat up all through high school uh, because he would sit there in a Gallagher shirt juggling things in the drama room. And, you know, being a juggler in high school, that's a one-way ticket to black eyes. Yeah. Uh, and so, but, but he finally, at some point, he must have seen Cocktail and have a relationship and go, well, I'm a juggler. That's not getting me anything. But, if, but it's like suddenly, if you're not juggling like bowling pins, if you're juggling bottles of tequila, all of a sudden you're pouring yeah, pins directly totally. in the mouths of hot women. Exactly. Suddenly, that's the thing. If you're juggling like balls or, or, or pins or sticks or whatever, you know, like a, then you're some idiot at a kid's birthday party. I'm sure Aaron would juggle balls for enough money. <laughs> <laughs> but, I might even put them in my mouth. The juggling balls. Yeah. Right. But if, but, if some, but if you're juggling bottles of Cuervo, suddenly there are girls... Ten deep lined up to like to, to, to like give you their phone, their phone number. It is pretty great actually. And their throat. And you always one too many. It. That was funny, but you one line too many, and I had to dump it. Like no. when you see us laughing and we're silent, that means that you have accomplished what you set out for. <laughs> you need to laugh out loud so that I don't push it. We need to lull. Yeah. All right. All right. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. I think we're done taking station name suggestions for a while. Well, Susan's gone this week anyway, so... Can't really do anything with it. We did get this one, AM 970. Go talk yourself. Okay, that's pretty great. Uh, anywho, uh, coming up here in the street, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent uh, James Roop. Joining us from Los Angeles. Uh, let's see. Uh, the hell is... Oh, you know what? Let's list the things that, that I... I think I say I forgot. Just didn't get a chance to do. Didn't get a chance to see the low while I was in Vegas. Yeah, he's going to hate us. Well, he was just here like last month. I mean, it's not like I'm just, I refuse to, you know, there's just no time. I uh, feel bad, though. He sent me a text message, but I was drunk all weekend. I was like, I got to call the low. Yeah, see, I, didn't I even, forget. He didn't text me, and I didn't even know he texted you until we were leaving. As we're headed to the airport, Aaron's like, oh, I got a text from the low demanding to see us. I'm like, I'm sorry. I... Sorry, low. Uh, also, we meant to go see, I guess I can give it away. We meant to go see Randy in Vegas. We were going to, because I have the address of where he works. Uh, so Randy in Vegas, we were just going to stop in. And, but, and we that would have been super yeah, cool. Yeah, it just didn't, uh, it did not come together. That's your so. fail. 
Well, then I must go say hi to Randy in Vegas. You, re- you really should. So I- see, everything that you forgot or couldn't get to, I yeah. will pick up the slack and do it in my trip. Yeah, it just uh, I, we meant to do it. It was just uh, he was only there until early in the afternoon. And I think it was the day after we got there, and everybody had been up to like 7 a.m. or something. And it just, there was no way. It was just not going to work. Do you want um, some satsuma? Uh, no, but thank you. Okay. I, what is that? It's a little like mini. I could go like for a, some vitamin C. It's would you like some? Is yeah. it like a mini orange yeah. or something? They're kind of like a. It's like a little tangerine next to it. Oh, I can't read. All right, here, I'll just bring it around. All right. There you go. Hey, you know, can I just say this? Uh, a couple things, and then we'll uh, do some email and some whatnot and some hey, hey. Um,. It, let me just say that I saw the worst pizza the other day in the kitchen. It, the salespeople, as they always do, the salespeople have been given something that we were not allowed to touch until they were done with it. And so somebody had been, somebody had ordered a bunch of pizza upstairs because I guess they were doing some cold calling thing. And so they they gave us their scraps. They gave us the leftover <laughs> pizza down here. And I have to tell you, I saw the worst pizza. It was Canadian bacon and orange. <gasps> I wrote it down actually. Canadian bacon and orange slice. I most recently developed a uh, recently developed a love of pineapple and pizza because it does taste kind of good with the cheese. Mm, it's good. I mean, it's not for me. I understand sort of why people do it. I guess, uh, but but the, the, the Canadian bacon and orange just seems really wrong. That just, it just I like pineapple with jalapenos on my pizza. Yeah, no, I can't. That's a good it. little mix. I mean, there's stuff that you wouldn't think. I mean, you know what it is? Here's a thing that I uh, sort of. Uh, what are you doing there? <laughs> I'm trying to get the mic to line up, but it's avoiding my mouth. Um, but uh, here's a, a thing that I sort of didn't understand until I tried it. Uh, at Lloyd's Center, there's that caramel corn shop at Lloyd's Center, and they'll sell you the half caramel corn, half cheese corn mixed together, which I thought was going to be vile. But cheese corn and caramel corn mixed together, that's the worst thing I've ever mm. heard. But it's actually listed as an item on the menu. It's like cheese corn, caramel corn, and then caramel corn with cheese corn. I'm like, well, you know, enough people must buy it. Uh, so I bought it. It was fantastic. Really? But it's so nasty. Uh, see, it does. But, man, you try it. We could do, let's not do this now, we could do a whole high concept of just foods that sound, like combinations that sound like they're going to be awful, but are in fact great. And mm. I'm not talking about really bizarre foods. I'm just saying a combination of two things that you wouldn't think, well, let's go around, I bet somebody, go around the room. Other combinations of food that seem like they would be vile, but are in fact pretty great. Anything? Go. Mm, I like uh, cream cheese and peanut butter together. See, again, I don't still know how I'd feel about that. It's pretty good. Really? Yeah. All right. Cream cheese peanut butter sandwich. Fried chicken on blueberry pancakes. You know, um... Ooh, macaroni and cheese dipped in applesauce. Oh! It's really good. Oh! <laughs> it's really good. Oh! There's this place... I actually... It's kind of like ghetto apple pie. I... No, it's so great. There's this place right across from the E-Room on Division. <laughs> I can't remember what it's... Um... God damn. Seriously, it is so good, but it isn't regular macaroni and cheese. It's like that kind that's baked. Ugh. It's like baked macaroni and cheese, and they have this side like uh, like apple marmalade no. kind of stuff, and then you dip it in. It is quite literally a flavor explosion. It's so good. So good. I swear to God. I think it's called Victory or something. The place. It's really good. All right. <laughs> Victory! Um... Yeah, I don't even remember what the hell I was going to say now. I that's I got nothing. All right. Oh, you don't even know. Okay, we're going. I'm taking you there, no. and we're going to eat it, and you're going to love it. See? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not going to You're going to eat it, Rick, and love it. Jesus, God. That sounds all kinds of vile. All right. Oh, I've had the uh, the caramel vanilla bacon milkshake. Yeah, see, you know what? That's good. You know what else? Here's the other thing. Well, um, you know, I used to... God, who was it? Who else I used to know? I used to know somebody that put uh, bacon on their pancakes. 
Well, that's kind of like bacon with syrup. And oh then, no, no, no or, syrup. You know, pancakes with syrup, and then the bacon laid like between mm. two pancakes. I like the bacon cookies that we had that one time. Well, you know what? I guess there's like pigs in a blanket. Isn't pigs in a blanket sausages in pancake? Yeah, but you shouldn't put syrup on it. That's disgusting. Well, see, I'm not. But see, I'm the kind. I have to partition all my food. I did too. I can't have any syrup touching my bacon or sausage. That's the other thing. We all went or to, ham. of course, because it was Vegas. We went to a big buffet on like a champagne uh, buffet on Saturday, where once again my goal began. I must eat half a pound of bacon. So uh, just, uh, but but I got the whole thing where like nothing can touch anything else, like the bacon yeah. and the syrup and the everything. I'm the same way. It has to all uh, be separated. But there's always. Have you noticed this? If you are a person who must separate all your foods on the plate, there is always someone at the table who mixes them together right in front of you. Always. Mm. And then what do they always say? That would be my wife. What is the line they always say though? Like if it's somebody mixing, you know. Like like eggs and yeah you know it all mixes in your stomach. That's exactly it all gets mixed up anyway. That's so gross. As they're piling like sauerkraut and like you know and like uh, you know uh, cherry pie together or something. Although Sarah, you'd have been really proud of this buffet because it was a, it was a champagne buffet. We ordered like a pint of champagne and a pint of orange juice. And then you just squish them together in our mouth to make mimosas. Like, awesome. oh, we're doing a quick mix. Here. I feel like mimosas is such a waste. If you're going to drink mimosas in the morning, you might as well just drink champagne straight. Let me ask you this: I was having a discussion with somebody about this a while back. Mimosa, trashy or not? Go. Mmm. I think, no. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think they are. It's just I one of those maybe, other excuses to drink in okay, the morning. I think maybe they're made to look classy. They're trashy. Okay, by somebody, I mean Laura. So I'm glad you're with my, no, I'm glad trashy. you're on my side. They're trashy. Now, Laura and I were having a whole, she's like, I'm going to drink many mimosas in, in, in Vegas. And I said, ah, trashy. You go, they're not trashy. Yes, That's it is. That's the mark of sophistication. And I was, and I, you know what it is? The mimosa is for, um, would you agree that the mimosa is for people who believe screwdrivers to be trashy and think that they're above that? Yeah. Like they still want to be able to booze up at breakfast, but they want, they want to sort of pass it off as the culture. The mimosa is the suicide soda of the adult world. Like you, <laughs> you put everyone under the cup there. Yeah, totally. That's the mimosa. Uh, hey, before we do anything else, and uh, I guess we're going to have to roll on with the top five here because it doesn't, uh, Roop seems to be late or non-existent or whatever. Can I ask this, and I don't know if this is true or not, but when I walked by uh, Richie's room back there, mm-hmm. it did look very much like Richie was showing you uh, Sluts Illustrated. Yes, he was. Was he watching Sluts Illustrated Here's the creepy part. He put the disc into his uh, his Mac. This, by the way. And just... when, you put your, when you put the DVD in, it says, you know, beginning of disc or resume from last place stopped. And Richie says, I'm going to put it where I stopped. Oh, I said, no, no, I'm no, not in the room. No, no. No, you don't want to. Because that means no. That you you know, know, no, you don't. I'm watching it right after. <laughs> wow. And he's like, too late. And it was. Um, just let me back up. Sluts Illustrated is this porn film that belongs to Richie. That we came, it came to our attention today because he inadvertently he very nearly put it in the Netflix envelope to go back in place of some documentary. Um, and so After he, what he's told me, this is the second time he's done this. Really. Yeah, because he dropped something off of Hollywood one time, and then when he realized it, he went to get back, and they said, oh, that's already been checked out, sir. How many porn films do you need? I mean, really, honestly. Especially in this age of technology and science. Science. Uh, I haven't had to pay for porn in years. Can I just... Okay, let me just say this. Uh, since you were bringing this up, what? I, I will... No, 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 I will say this. That You know what DVD... DVD has done, though. DVD has really greatly reduced the occurrences of... Um, Mom finding your magazine? Well, that's not what I was going to say. Uh, I was going to say the DVD has reduced the occurrences of uh, inadvertently discovering uh, when uh, someone else stopped watching the movie. Do you know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? No, that's true, yeah. <gasps> I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember how the story sort of came out. When this, the tape was no longer necessary. No, this because our friend, uh, well, I shouldn't say, a guy we used to work with, I will mouth it. Uh-huh. That guy. That's exactly how it would have been. Really? <laughs> That's so, how sad that you immediately knew it was him. Anyone, well, I thought it was about 
No, it's well, a guy you, don't, you know. You don't know. No, you don't know this guy. Well, no, I've. It was a guy. It was a guy we worked with it, 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 before we. Uh, but I think before we knew you. Okay. Um, but I'm thinking of someone else. No, no, no. But Sarah immediately knew who I was talking about. Um, and I forget exactly how it worked, but it's like. This is a weird guy thing, but I think it's that he had been talking to a friend of his, and a friend was like. This is sort of creepy now that I tell the story. But uh, I guess the, the friend at some point was like, oh, I, got the, I found the hottest chick in some porn film. you got to check her out. She's really scorching, I guess, is maybe how it came about. And this friend of ours, who we will call Jack, uh, Jack said, well, really? And the guy's like, yeah, she's really hot. She's one of the hottest girls I've ever seen. And I guess Jack was like, yeah, I'll have to check that out sometime. So the next time he sees his friend, his friend's like, hey, and it's VHS days, of course. Friend's like, hey, here's that, here's that, uh, that porn film I was telling you about. This girl's really hot. Check her out. So yeah. he gives he gives our friend Jack the porn film to watch. Jack goes home, you know, whatever. puts the puts the tape in the VCR, hits play. Oh, and it and it's like immediately after, you know, it's at the end of a scene, right? And he said he said at that point he was just like, nope, off, took it back out. He's like, I can't. He's like, I can't. I was never able to. Hopefully, you can never unthink. No, you can never unthink it either. And it, it, you know, because the scene was over, but I guess the camera was still lingering. Oh, so there was still some. There's after effects. Yeah. Yeah. So the camera was still lingering on the uh, the outcome. Oh, oh! I am bleeping. Aaron, that. you've said that before. It's I've not, heard you say it before. All, it's all about context. You can't what? say that in that context. It could have been syrup. It we was. were just talking about chicken and blueberry pancakes. <laughs> Anywho. So for those who I'm didn't hear what anymore. I just said because I dumped it. Yeah, all so of my <laughs> great jokes are just getting dumped. I know because you, you take they're it not to dirty. You they're do not one, wrong. You are all about one line too far, though. You are about one line too many. That pig had it coming. Stealing a man's weed. I don't even know what you're talking about. The bike riders in Vegas. They, those cops were totally pocketing that weed. All right, that's Aaron. Okay, you don't need to go to timeout for a while. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, so he he had to turn it off because yeah, the scene was over, but it was sort sort of lingering on the outcome of the scene, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's just he's like nope, and he remarries with it, nope. and I I think he, I don't know if he rewound it or whatever, but the rule, kids, is if you're going to lend somebody your VHS porn, always re be kind, rewind all the way to the beginning. I uh, always I used to actually note the counter when I would receive a porn tape. So I knew you where to rewind it back put at. Put it back exactly to yeah. that place. So no. I could say, like, you know what? I really didn't actually watch this. <sighs> Jesus. All right. Uh, hey, Richie, can you uh, find James? I think he's in prod room one or whatever that is, three. I can never remember how the prod rooms are numbered. Is it top five time? Yes. Uh, but we have to wait for James. I think, yeah, he's, is that prod one? I think it's prod one. The one that's uh, back there by Cord and Fat Boy. In the meantime, I'll read this. Rick, I had a... I had a friend eat a pile of old wet leaves out of a street gutter one time, <laughs> all for a cigarette. Also, uh, can you ask, uh, let's see, says also, can you ask Sarah what she thinks of these pickup lines? Okay, this guy wants to try out some pickup lines on you. All right, I'm ready. Oh, am I crackling? Never mind. I'm, no, you're I'm moving past it. Uh, this is the guy, um, and Aaron, you're going to have to actually back off yeah. this microphone. Yeah. James, that microphone is out of the commission, so you'll have to be on this mic. Uh, anyway, the guy says, I had a friend eat can a you- pile of... A pile of wet leaves for a cigarette. He says, can you ask Sarah also what she thinks of these pickup lines? <clears throat> if I asked for your phone number, what would you say? No. No? All right. Um, 
Okay, if you if you don't like that one, you're not the next one is just retarded. If I asked for your phone number, what would you say? Well, just I, ask for the phone number. I can, but I mean, it's not easy for guys. Guys want to soften the blow sometimes. They want to be a little passive about it. Mm, I can. That see, just sounds kind of creepy. I'm not saying you would say yes, but I can see why a guy would put it that way. Asking for a phone number is a well, little nerve wracking. Is that what he's saying? Like that's the first time you talk. Like if you build up to that, that would be fine. But he says pickup line, so it sounds like mm. that might be the first thing out of the gate. Like you're sitting at the bar and he comes up and he goes, "Hey, uh." If I ask for your phone number, beautiful, what would you say? Yeah. I guess it doesn't help that I'm delivering them all like Ron Burgundy. But I, but that's that, but guys, though, are, I think are afraid. Because the phone number, asking for the phone number is a little unnerving because that is make it or break it time. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it seems like that's kind of jumping the gun a little bit. That's like when you place your bet and she's spinning the wheel. That's like, that's like there's no going back at that point. And she's either going to go, yeah, sure, or she's going to go, no, I don't date bald guys. And then you're just, and then you're screwed. Um, okay, so if you don't like that one, the next one's even worse. I don't even want to read it. Maybe it's not as worse. No, no, no. I have as to. Worse I, I have to read it now just so we can all cringe at it. Uh, no offense to whoever sent this, but this is this guy's. Yes, no offense to you. This is his other second retarded pickup line. Is it lonely being so close to perfection? Yeah. Five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. The worst thing I've ever heard. Counting is wonderful, counting is marvelous, counting's the best thing to do. Counting is happiness, counting is ecstasy, I love to count, don't you? Ladies and gentlemen, uh, in the stead of Tim Riley, who is off assembling more news and science, uh, this is Aaron Duran counting on today's top five. And as we clean out the top five closet, clearing out Deadwood and plunging wholeheartedly into this new year. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell. Here's the thing. Let me just say this. First of all, I wrote that when Tommy Thayer came in, which I do believe is like last November. <laughs> then I rewrote the intro in January and like another three months. So that has literally been sitting on this shelf. I'm glad I didn't pre-read this <laughs> for five months. That's why I'm like, we have to do it. Even though we made a no more kiss rule, we have to do this one just so I can be rid of it. Okay. Uh, we turn our, turn our attention to another long neglected list created then abandoned by the side of the pop culture road. These are the top five kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. Are you sh we didn't do this already? No, we were going to. We were going to do it the day that Tommy Thayer was here. And then we never did because the interview with him ran over time. Then we were going to do it in January, and we never did. And that's just been sitting here. Uh, joining us today, our good friend James, who works here in the afternoons. Hello, James. Hello. Hey. Also, don't forget Miles Around. Proud and Miles Around. Oh, how would that work out with Big Jim this weekend? It's uh, The show's actually taking off now. It, it sounds like we're having fun. Oh. No offense, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> now it actually sounds like we're enjoying it. <laughs> All right, on. <laughs> uh, James, a proud, proud member of the Kiss Army. Oh, hell yeah. By the way, let's say, how cool does Gene Simmons look with his head shaved? I, you know, badass is yeah, great. Totally. He looks really good. Have you seen those, Sarah? Nope. There's some shots of him in the car with Shannon Tweed, candid shots, uh, full-on Mr. Clean, yeah, just completely uh, squeaky clean, bald, with glasses, with sunglasses on. He looks badass. He, he looks like he looks like Lex Luthor's extra evil twin. He looks like a, he looks like a villain. He should have done that ten years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really. I wonder is is he going to do that on stage now? Is or is he going to put probably on probably not? The I mean, big he's been you know. Wig. I think with Kiss, it's a costume anyway. Everybody yeah. knows that, right? It's makeup and it's armor and. 
I think everybody accepts that the kiss thing is a costume. So I think it's po- totally fine for him to put the wig oh, on when he's kissed. Bad. He looks. I, I think he looks cool. good. Maybe if he got like a little, uh, even he, like yeah, a little Van Dyke yeah. or something. Yeah, I think he might actually look real like Hector, the kind of Hector Elizondo thing going yeah. on. So, anyway, these are the top five Kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. At honorable mention from Gene Simmons' solo album, See You Tonight. This is the song I used to introduce Lara to Kiss. She's like, I hate Kiss. It's heavy metal. So I played her this. And this sounds like a Beatles cheap trick thing. And this was when in his full-on God of Thunder, you know, baby-eating phase. I mean, when he was, like, considered the most evil thing on Earth. Yeah. And, you know, when he was considered to be, you know, nice and Satan's service. And and his was probably the most uh, radio-friendly pop album of yeah. before. It had Cher. Yeah. It had the Cheap Trick guys on it. Uh, he couldn't get the Beatles. He invited all four Beatles to be on this record. And they, they couldn't make it, so he got Beatlemania, which was sort of a one of the early tribute bands, uh, to come and be on the song. It's a really pretty song. He probably, if if he didn't have the image that he did at the time, he probably would have had a decent amount of singles from this album. Absolutely. There's a little, there's a great little harmony part coming up here. You're just picturing him spitting blood and singing. <laughs> It's really cheap for extending. Beautiful song. And at number five from Dynasty, Sure No Stuntin'. Yeah. This, uh, I love this song. It's one of my all-time favorites. This is a great song. Uh, this is from Dynasty, which is sort of a notorious album because this is the one that had their disco songs on it. Uh, and this is a little disco-y, but it's not. This is the one that had um, I Was Made For Loving You. Yeah. So my friend Todd tells this great story about he was full-on dyed-in-the-wool kiss guy. Um, and in 79 or whatever it was, the Dynasty came out. And, of course, then there was no Internet, no whatever. You, you didn't know anything about an album before you heard it. There was no leaked tracks. You didn't hear samples online. He goes to the store, puts down his money, his $7 or whatever, buys Dynasty on vinyl. You know, and on the front they look all hard and everything. He goes home and he puts it on and he hears the da 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 This is a great... The video for this is great, too, because it's like in their full-on Vegas uh, phase with big, pink, poofy costumes. Yeah, and they had... Like, everything is... the best costumes they had. Everybody's covered in rhinestones and pastel. But it's very colorful. Yeah. They, they went from black and white and silver to blues and, and pinks and greens. And... Wow. Paul is really flouncing. Uh, these are the top five Kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. At number four, Hot in the Shade, Hide Your Heart. Uh, let's see. What did I put, Hide Your Heart? Here we go. Oh, I'm sorry. This is really low. That's me, Sarah. And we were talking the other day about how, like, 50 different people did this. Yeah. Ace did it. Molly Hatchett did it. Like, everyone, right around 89 when this came out, everyone did it. Paul did this when he came to the Aladdin last year for his solo show. It's a great song. It's a really good song. They really should play it more, but I don't think they've played it since that album. Well, they're kind of trying to put that the late 80s thing behind them, sadly. Yeah. This has got a great little poppy chorus, too. 
the great thing this is and I know that they're from I know that they're from Brooklyn and Queens and you know they're kind of they were street kids originally by this point though they were just so rich and famous and removed and the idea of Paul Stanley singing a song about gang violence is hilarious I always kind of took it it was it was kind of a uh, uh, why am I blanking the Jets versus the Sharks totally and it's got the great little uh, thing here that I love Chris Kulik is, is playing the solo along, harmonizing with the vocals. It's a great song. Anything that has like a do do do, ha ha, hey hey, like I'm there, doesn't matter. All right, counting on the top five Kiss songs you ought to know but probably don't. All right, from Destroyer, number three, King of the Nighttime World. I love this song. I'm the, I'm the biggest fan of this song. I only saw them play this once. I think they played this maybe when I saw them with Poison. Maybe when uh, you were at that show with Sarah. Mm -hmm. This is a great story. We went to see them with Poison at Clark County a couple years back. I was there. Really? At the very end when they're doing rock and roll all night and the confetti and uh, Sarah and her friend Elaine on the Jumbotron. Huge tight shot of the favorite. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> you and Joni Bolt, who was in a different row. Yeah. But there was a, at the end a big shot of Sarah and her friend Elaine filling the Jumbotron. It was, that was badass. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of this song. Really? This song kind of irritates me for some reason. Shut up! <laughs> That's fine. That's okay. There's they have stronger I, songs on this album, I think. There's, this. there's stuff that I can't get with, like that. You know, I like um, kind of like a uh, love gun doesn't really do anything for me. Oh, I love love and gun. I, see, and everybody does. I just I can't uh, I can't. The only good thing about love gun is the way that he introduces it on stage. Yeah, his intro just gets longer and longer. Anybody and... have to go through security to get in tonight? I don't know. We came in the back, so I brought in a weapon with me. <laughs> I'm talking about. My love gun! And it's just like so awful and great. The first time I saw them, he had that intro and, and he described a couple of names. Please don't say the Uzi guns. one. Yeah, no. it was the Uzi one. That's the yeah. one that sticks with me. That's another thing we're not going to say on the air. Aaron, <laughs> I, I, look, I'm pulling back. I'm being These are there. The top five Kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. Oh, I love this one. This is one of my favorites. From number, uh, number two, from Revenge, Unholy. This I love is... this song. This is a fantastic This is song. one of the best things they've ever recorded. And probably one of the best riffs they've ever had, too. And even more impressive, he was late in their career of revenge. This was a great lead for that album. It was very much a comeback album yeah. for them. And I mean, they had just... They had become so glammy and so... They had become poppy and everything, and they just hadn't rocked in the a long time. The 80s were good for them, and you and I had this discussion. Gene Simmons especially uh, wrote such terrible, terrible songs during the 80s, and for him to, to come into the 90s with this as you know the first song yep. for Kiss and for Gene was just like, oh, there is a God. And this was at, right after Eric Carr died, too. So yeah, they really needed, they needed to come something back. strong. We use this as a bump, actually. We use this as a bump in the break sometimes. Every Kiss fan I know 
loves this song, and they all love it for that reason, too. That it was sort of late in the game, and it was still like a big knockout punch late in their yeah. career. I'd love to hear um, a full-on metal band cover this. Like a, you know, like a black metal band? Yeah, I bet if you this. look around the internet, it's probably there. someone's probably done it. These are the top five Kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. And at number one from Psycho Circus, Journey of a Thousand Years. And I know that this is a me thing. Uh, this is this is totally a, in my estimation. Uh, I am a huge fan of this song. This is the song that closes out Psycho Circus, so it's probably the last studio recording they will ever release. This is the final studio recording Psycho ever. Psycho Circus is a pretty decent album, too. It's got its moments, certainly. And it also launched... I don't think it's uh, it's a, as strong an album as it probably should have been, but uh, it definitely had its high points. The coolest thing is Psycho Circus launched the McFarlane Kiss Line figures. Oh, uh, that's true. Yeah, that's where they started. That album launched a whole bunch of stuff because they had uh, that Psycho Circus comic. And the video yeah, game. Yeah. And the video, yeah, I mean. I worked at Sam Goody when this came out. The entire store was covered in Psycho Circus swag of every style. This, to me, is a really, really great song because, again, it highlights Gene Simmons' uh, strength as a songwriter, which is really overlooked sometimes. And it is a big, spooky, sort of mysterious song that kind of defies convention because it's not a ballad it's not a rocker it's this sort of weird mid-tempo kind of you know it's a song that does have a, a, a weird it's sort almost of, gothic in a way yeah and it's got this weird non-repeating melody and it's cool when you realize that it's someone that's probably as old as your grandfather still totally. harder than kids that's one of Gene's strong points, too. He, he is a master of melodies. He really is. On. And it's so easy for him to just write God of Thunder type songs where he's just kind of, you know, evil and yes. a demon or whatever. And, and then so turn around and write something like, I'll see you tonight. And this, where it's interesting to hear him doing something a little different. And if you notice, by the way, the little orchestral break at the end of this mirrors the guitar line from Psycho Circus, the song, which opens the album. So the album opens and ends with the same melody. All right, there you go. Top five kiss songs you ought to know, but probably don't. Thank you, James. You did a decent list. That's what I did. I thought you were going to have a lot of really bad songs on there. I was going to have to call you out. <laughs> Thanks for the vote of confidence. I thought you were really going to suck, right? Hearing my miles around Saturday 9 to 11. Back after this. Emerson Radio Program. How great is this pen? That is the greatest pen I've ever used. I love this pen. If you'd like, uh, I'll give you one. That would be awesome. Now, this is my new pen because they quit making the pen I did use. This is I my think new... you found the new the gold standard. Yeah, no, this is the new hotness. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Dick Cheney said, disappointed that so many different groups in the Middle East are trying to wreck his plans for peace in that region. <laughs> Oops, is my pot up? I think we're ready to go here. Achieving that vision Yay. will require a tremendous Ooh. effort at the negotiating table and painful concessions on both sides. It will also require a determination to defeat those who are committed to violence and who refuse to accept the basic right of the other side. His plan. Uh, meanwhile, uh, White House spokeswoman Dana Perino is asked if she now regrets uh, that the president declared mission accomplished way back when. Do you know how many people, how many soldiers would um, give the ultimate sacrifice in this war? Four thousand. No, but that was impossible to know. And he mourns every single loss, and um, 
he thinks that the right thing to do is to take the fight to this enemy. Yes. And he's wrong. Who could have been, who could have predicted the war would go badly? Yeah. Other than you know everybody. Yet Americans are concerned about what to do with the leftover Easter eggs today. Uh, Brian Quinn of the Missouri Department of Eggs says, "Don't hang on to those eggs too long." Refrigerator life. Uh, I would just say, not more than a couple days. Uh, that way, again, you're protecting yourself. You're not um, uh, you're not letting them stay in there for for days and days. Um, and do people like to be told this? Even more bacterial growth. You know, in the refrigerator. Dear well, my mom gave me a bunch of eggs, and I don't know how long they last. Can I let my eggs sit no, for nine years? Thank goodness we have people like Brian Quinn who says, <laughs> it's necessary to take precautions when making egg salad or deviled eggs. If you do make other products with it, again, it's it's safest not to, but if you do, you're going to want to make sure that you uh, keep that well refrigerated, uh, that your refrigerator is working well, and uh, again, probably not more than just the two or three days of like a creamy, uh, a creamy product like an egg salad, uh, egg salad or something like that. I think, first of all, how boring is this guy's day? Also, I think I speak for. I don't, I don't think he's going to get fired. A lot of people will fight for this. I don't like the word creamy. I find the word creamy to be sort of off-putting. Um, well, this is a good question though. How long? How long do eggs last? He just told you. I wasn't listening. Okay. No, was that you will? Okay, but was that I'm fresh or hard, or hard boiled? These are hard boiled Easter eggs. How long does a fresh egg last? Howard's. We're not asking that question. But I'm saying, oh, no, I know. <laughs> but I'm saying how, how would I know? Well, you would contact a Brian Quinn of the Missouri Egg Board. They had to put that on the side of eggs, like an 800 number you can call. Well, I'm sure they put the expiration they date on the, the side of they eggs. They set up the date, yeah. I suppose that's true. Yeah. So unless you're Richie, you'll be fine. This is a mystical fine. phone number. <laughs> yes, I guess, I guess you'll be okay. Uh, do we have time for a watch of some kind, or do you have more news? What, what have you, Tim? I don't have anything. Do we have one more watch? No, if you want me to. We could either do Britney or a corpse watch. Let's do a uh, Britney watch. <gasps> All right, here's your Britney watch uh, for Monday on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. <laughs> Sorry, gridlock. <laughs> I have to say this. I do understand why you're doing it, Tim, because Richie ill-advisedly moved one of the track lights in the studio, and it's as because of it, it, it is due to the outcome of it. Uh, that's because, but, but I'm saying he he was trying to get a photo of me in the Barack Obama shirt. Yes, uh, and so he moved, doing his job. He moved one of the track lights, but as you noted, like 35 years of accumulated dust, then plummeted down and is swirling around in your workspace. And so every every so often, I'd the, like to see dust from 1973. <laughs> the of my, about that. Are we all itching and sneezing today too? Yeah, I'm all uh -huh. itchy. Don't my talk about nose it. nose completely worse. itches, and, uh, but every so often in the corner of my eye, I look over and Tim is waving around like my grandmother did in the latter years of her life. I know. I keep thinking he's trying to get my attention, and I look over and look. What? My grandmother was convinced that there were butterflies and bats around her. <laughs> <laughs> There's dust flying from the floor up to the ceiling. Uh, Anytime anybody moves. Let's all not move. Okay. Uh, Britney Spears uh, frantically sent her on a boyfriend, Adnan Galeb, 100 text messages a day, his secret lover has claimed. The uh, the singer was uh, terrified that Galeb was cheating on her, so consistently uh, bombarding him with calls and messages. That's the way to keep a man. Amanda Pagel, who claims she's Amanda slept... Pagel. <laughs> Amanda Pagel. She's a pickle pickle. Who claims she, she uh, slept with Adnan for three months Anyang. behind Britney's back said, I used to call all the time when he was at mine. She at said, mine. That's it. She said, she sent him hundreds of texts a day, just seconds apart. 
Amanda Pagel alleges that Adnan, who recently claimed Britney was pregnant with Adnan's child, couldn't cope with the toxic star's crazy lifestyle and wanted to move away from Amanda. Does this make any sense? No. I just like the idea that Britney is texting a hundred times a day. A hundred times a day. Keep your hooves off my pigle, Anyon. 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 Jesus. Hello. All right. There you go. That's it. That's the Britney one. There you go. Sorry. This dust is getting in the way of my thoughts. Gentlemen, greatest news man in the history of the world. Back at four, five, six, and seven. Top of the hour, all the way through Lancus. Excellent. Good to be back. Uh, let's see. Here's something from. Here's an email from Timmy Ryan. Inside scoop about Richie. Uh oh, Timmy's trying to backpedal now. Timmy, better be careful. Richie has a goal of losing 20 pounds by your listener party. He doesn't want anyone to know. So I thought you all should know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Timmy Ryan. Wonderful. Uh, okay, so, well, you know. Uh, yes, we have announced today uh, other details to come, but uh, Rick Emerson Listener Party 11 happening uh, Thursday, May 15th, 8 p.m. Hosted by Oregon's Entertainer of the Year. That's right. That's right. Three years running. That's right. Excellent. And it's your chance to meet Oregon's Entertainer of the That's Year. That's right. In person. 2007, for free. Perhaps your only chance this year. Uh, so, uh, Listener Party 11, That's Thursday. That's a huge deal that you've won that three years in a row. It really is true. No, I'd like to thank the little people, too. You uh, beat out that. Lars three years in a row. <laughs> well, you know. Uh, I do. There's certain things about Lars I like. He is a man's man, if you know what I mean. Oh. Uh, no, it's true. You yeah. haven't heard that? I know, yeah. No, apparently, Lars is... Uh, a man's man? Apparently, Lars, uh, that's the word. He is apparently a real man's man. If you know what I mean. If you know what I mean. Tell everyone. All right. Uh, hey, uh, so somebody asked, uh, will, there, will there be a licking booth at the party for Aaron? Okay. Uh, you also almost had me... Well, now I'm afraid to say anything because it's going to get me dumped. Because well, you're going to have me do... Just don't say anything. Uh, but how can I say it and not uh, make it You're smart bad. enough to figure it out what you can and can't say. You know, humping and, and, you know, and other area, things from that area of you your body. You wanted to see how... How how down I could keep a um uh, a handle on a on a slot machine. Okay, we can say that. I wanted him. You know the 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 handle you pull on a on a slot machine. Uh huh. I was like, I'll give you. I was. I forget how many bucks you offered before. But I'm bucks. like, I'm like, but you got to go oh, and like put your whole mouth over it as though eating a banana. And I was prepping. I you know it's like the yeah, the, the handle a on a on a one arm bandit. I'm mm -hmm. like. Just as though you were eating a banana or a popsicle. I'm I like, was relaxing my throat. I was getting ready. See, that's what I'm... See, that, uh -huh. you can talk about that. Okay. I, so I was... I forget how much... But don't say the next thing that you're thinking about saying. See, but whatever that, that is... That's, that's it. it. Okay. That's it. Right there. And for the first time the entire weekend, it was your wife that suggested that it would be too far. Um, No, no, no. But let's all pay attention to what Sarah just said. That's that's it right there. She's got it. But nothing else was in my head. Okay, but I'm saying if an additional follow-up thought comes into your head, get rid of that one. Okay. That's that's what you always want to do right there. So uh, thought number three is always too far. It's yeah yeah that's uh, you know it's like um, well whatever it's 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 like uh, it's like a thing it's like in seven card you know it's like it's like if you're playing hold 'em you know there's like uh, you know there's uh, seven cards but you only use five yeah you got five thoughts in your head use four of them okay last one don't use that uh, what's the worst thing in the studio for Aaron to lick? He what doesn't work here anymore. The grossest thing I can think of for Aaron to What's lick? What's the worst thing in the studio? My keyboard. Mm. How much to lick Sarah's keyboard? 
Because everyone's hands touch I'm this. Sober, everyone's so constantly the eating. Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> every board op who's in here is eating and then like sticking their fingers in their mouth yeah. and then typing again. The problem is that I'm sober, so my price is really high. All right. Well, we'll find something. Are Here's you a microphone screen? <laughs> are you? Oh, God, are you? No. Are you in this Friday? No. Oh, okay. Scott is. Well, well, we have a, we have some time to think about it then. Yeah. Oh, all right. Um, Jesus, do I have time to do anything else here? Let's take a break and then we'll have a couple minutes. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Uh, Aaron Geek in the City Duran is here. If you've got a geek-oriented question or observation, uh, this is a good time to do it. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. You have your uh, geek question for Aaron. Back after this. Don't go anywhere. It was really bizarre. That sounds really weird. Yeah, baby, we go back to it all and make sexy time. So this, yes. <laughs> so that this restaurant Kahunaville, uh, in Vegas. Yeah, there's. So there was Lauren Jen ordered this drink that they later found out was twenty one dollars. Jeez. Um, but they bought it because it had dry ice in it. So you know why not? Uh, and then there was a guy. Yeah, he was he was like a Lebanese version of Scott Daly. Uh, like if you took Scott Daly and had like a doppel of him. Yeah. Uh, you a know, from darker, Lebanon. Maybe. Totally. That's that was Scott dressed just like Scott. Looked like Scott, tall like Scott, and then of course they start playing that Black Eyes, that Black Eyed Peas song that has Miserlou, which is Scott's uh, theme when he comes on the show, the Pulp Fiction theme. And the guy immediately standing. Keep in mind, there's no dance floor in this restaurant. <laughs> there is no dancing area. The guy's just standing next to our table, going like wah da wah da wah, like totally throwing his hips around and like Finger doing the gun and the ladies like yeah, like raising the roof with his boys. That is so bizarre. It was, and then the bartender's like juggling the thing or whatever. It's just, it was. I would never go to this restaurant by myself, and I don't know that I'd go there again. Nah. But it really was... Um, but you liked the experience. It was a, it was an experience. It really was Would like, you recommend that I go there? I think so, yeah, just because it, it's either you'll either find it great or horrifying, but either way, it's interesting, and I this is an overused phrase, but really, in terms of people watching, it was pretty great. Yeah. You because go to the because everybody bar. else is there, like, seriously. Like everybody else in the rest, everybody else in this Kuhnuga bar is there because like they're they into it. The coolest it. bar ever. Totally, like it's righteous. And it was all like dudes on spring break for one thing and their girlfriends. But it was, uh, so it was horrifying, but in a pretty fascinating way. Yeah. So I would recommend it. Um, let's see, how long do we have here? A couple minutes? One minute? Okay, this is can't hit the button. Come on. Uh, final call of the Come day, on, please. Jim. Don't on, suck. Jim. Yeah. Hey, whenever you have Aaron Lick, you should like slide that uh, that plague microbe over it. First, because everything's better with bubonic on it. Yeah. Quick, come on, call Jim. It's only Monday. <laughs> Thank you. You ended up with come on, Jim. Rick, just why don't you just use your finger? Seriously. All right. I wanted to angrily hang up. Why you ended it with come on, Jim? I suppose. Jim. Have you heard the new one? There's a new one actually. No. It's same script, different guys, different oh, it's delivery. Oh, two guys, isn't it? Yeah, but he's accenting a different word. It's like come on, Jim. Like it's like it's like he's Not sort come of come on, Jim. Come on, finally, Jim. Give it to me, Jim. Uh, Taste my tears, Jim. <laughs> Tastes like why? Final email. Rick, I will start training my liver right now for Listener Party 11. Last year, I was hungover for three whole days. Oh, All right. That's, that's, why, we, that's why we fight. Don't forget, uh, starting tomorrow, if you're a glorious bastard, the Rick Emerson uh, Absolutely Live real-time stream launches tomorrow. Uh, you have got to sign up to be a glorious bastard by the end of business today. That's two hours from now. So go to 970.am. Everybody else, you have to wait for a week. 
Uh, if you're a glorious bastard, you get the stream starting tomorrow. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Villain for AM 970, Solid State Radio. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Richie Bristol, the gatekeepers, Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. And uh, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland uh, marketing guru and firer of the S. Uh, we want to thank Aaron Geek in the city Duran, uh, as well as uh, Lisa Desjardins. And I guess we're hooking up with James Roop tomorrow. As always, my friends, thank you for listening. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes. Be safe. I'm huge. I regret nothing. I just kept eating. Bye now. Ooh. Barack Obama!